Was I wrong about Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League? Well, despite being the third most sold game for January, Warner Brothers has indicated it has fallen short of expectations. Mired in criticism before even releasing, this game was doomed to struggle from its very first public reveal. And before Season 1 has even started, many are claiming that the game is already dead. I continue to think that the game has potential, but it would have probably been better received if another studio had made it. It probably also didn't help that on the heels of being criticized as a fairly generic looter shooter, a live service shooter game like Helldivers 2 has skyrocketed on both PC and PS5. So, is there still hope for this game after all of the bad things in his face and all of the bad review scores? Will the 20 months of planned content help turn the tide? That's what we will discuss today along with the sales data, what Warner Brothers said, as well as the user scores and the engagement numbers. We're going to look at the completion percentages, the people that bought this game. Did they actually finish it? Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video, sort of in the form of a monologue. If you like this content, there's a bunch of ways you can support. The best way to support is to hit the subscribe button and the bell button and the like button, or consider becoming a member. If you click join and pick the $6 tier, you get into all of our extra members content, including the members only discord and it helps us do these shows every day well it looks like suicide squad killed the justice league has a long way to go according to more than just the review outlets and the players who didn't like it warner brothers has officially stated that it fell short of expectations and while some think that there is still potential for the game to make it and to turn things around others are saying that the game has already flopped so the first thing i want to do is look at what warner brothers said i also want to look at where the game ranked in sales for january but also i want to check in on the user scores as well as the achievement percentages for actually completing this game because that will be a decent litmus test to see if there's a core audience that will come back for the future content the second thing i want to do is look at the reactions obviously a lot of people disagree with my take that the game and you know people think that it's bad and that's fine I have no ties to the developer. I have no ties to the publisher. I genuinely think this got a lot of scores that were seemingly dislodged from a lot of the praise and the reviews that seemed to like it, but then they gave it fours, fives, and sixes. And after rolling credits on the game, I actually have a theory as to what happened. I have my own thoughts on where this game sort of fell flat, and I think that's related to where the scores ended up. The last thing I want to talk about is what I think. I finished the game with my wife, and I've got my own concerns about the content loop and the value offer of new characters and story every season. I want to talk about the final 10% of the game and the ending and how it could prove difficult to connect people to the ongoing format. So first, what happened? Well, according to WB, according to Warner Brothers, the game has fallen short of expectations. Eurogamer reports that Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League has failed to meet publisher Warner Brothers expectations during a financial call warner brothers discovery chief financial officer gunner said that rock recent release had quote fallen short of our expectations but they weren't done they see this as setting them up for a very tough year this is more from the article the executive did not share any sales figures for suicide squad kill the justice league during this call but admitted it had left the company with a tough year ahead when it comes to year-on-year comparisons last year warner brothers 
published Mortal Kombat 1 and Hogwarts Legacy, the latter of which became the best-selling game in the U.S. for 2023. Now, generally speaking, I think they were always going to have a tough year comparing year-on-year to, like, 2023 when Hogwarts Legacy and Mortal Kombat both released, especially with how incredibly high the sales were for Hogwarts. And according to sales charts, it actually didn't look that dire for Kill the Justice League. There it is in the number three spot. It's slapped in the middle of Tekken 8 and Persona 3. Now, obviously, given how few big titles released in January, they were probably hoping to secure a higher spot. This wasn't exactly a stacked January. This isn't like February or March where lots of bigger titles are coming out. And even if the sales weren't enough to warrant further support and content beyond what's already planned, the greater question is, will there be enough players to come back and then also spend money? You have to consider that the game actually released on February the 2nd. So I'd be interested to see how far it falls in February, given word of mouth with consumers versus the reviews. Because if you look at the user score averages across all three platforms, it ranges from 80 to 87%. And the achievement percentages almost perfectly mirror each other. Across all three platforms, about 35% of each platform has finished the game, which is a fairly strong number. Hogwarts Legacy ended up in headlines last year because this early in its life, only about 25% of the people had completed the campaign. Now that comparison's a bit unfair due to the larger amount of sales of Hogwarts, making it harder for that percentage to stay high, and it also had a very different content loop. Many players camped out in the Room of Requirement and installed out their campaign progress. Also keep in mind that games like Elden Ring, Red Dead Redemption 2, and The Witcher 3 all have completion percentages in the mid-20%. So that's pretty normal for popular games or games in general to not have incredibly high completion percentage numbers. So 35% is good, but that could be related to the fact that they didn't sell a lot of copies, so it's easier to maintain that higher completion percentage. So do the user scores and the completion percentage numbers represent a strong core of players? Well, it's certainly possible. The question would be, will they come back and will they be spending enough money to subsidize a game with the free ongoing content model? So what has the reaction been to all of this? Well, one reaction I'm seeing is people are saying, yep, the game flopped okay i'm not willing to co-sign on this just yet it was it has a far better score than avengers which is sitting around 60 percent on both steam and xbox which means it has more potential of a core audience to stick with the game but that also helps the game when new content hits if new characters or season or stories drop and then people come to buy the game, maybe it's on sale, well, they're going to see 80 to upwards of 87% scores, and they'll be more likely to purchase. If the game was sitting at like a 60% like the Avengers, new content would probably not do anything to help the game out at all. Now, I will talk about my concerns in a moment about the ongoing content. I actually have concerns, because I do think that is the real test. Will Season 1 turn the rudder at all? Because if it can't, this game is likely headed to a potential early grave. Now, some people think it's already in the grave or has one foot in it, but I think the seasons are going to be when the test happens, which is related to something I did see people saying. They were saying, listen, season one hasn't even started yet, and I think this is fair pushback. Without a chance to really prove the concept, it's hard to write the game off. Many people that were saying, well, it's not worth the price. $70 is too expensive. Well, if we get all four seasons this year, you have to include that in the cost of the game because it's a live service game and all post-launch content is free. 
I do think WB and the devs are likely worried, however, about missing expectations. That's likely related to projections and hopeful player engagement numbers that would then be related to spending numbers as well. Games like this need to hit a certain threshold to hope for long-tail monthly daily active users when they release new content because only a certain percentage will spend money in their cosmetic store and that store is meant to be how the free ongoing content is paid for now on the subject of ongoing games and live service games some see this as a form of justice they're like this is deserved it's live service trash I'm always curious if people who hold these rigid and rather harsh positions on live service games, if they actually play any live service games. Folks also seem to conveniently ignore all the successful ongoing live service games in the market right now. There are huge MMOs like Final Fantasy and WoW, games like ESO and Diablo, even No Man's Sky has basically become a live service game with expeditions, and what about games like Destiny and The Division? And recently, the undeniable and unforeseen huge success of Helldivers 2. A game like Helldivers 2 simply would not work as a non-live service game. I've said this many times, bad games or bad decisions, or ultimately a lot of the times it's bad management, that is why games like Anthem fail. That's why a lot of these games don't make it. It's why we have successful and praised live service games and ones that crash and burn. There are plenty of single-player games that launch and don't perform well or sell well. Nobody attributes that to them being single-player games. The the response that I'm seeing is a lot of that. It's basically, well, it's a live service game and they're trash. And I just don't think that you can argue that. I think bad games are bad and I think good games are good. The actual genre or style is not what's determining whether or not the game is good or not. Now, another thing I'm seeing people say that they felt like this game didn't turn out how it should have is they said, you ignored the fans. Look, I get where people are coming from, but I don't think folks understand just how impossible it would have been for them to make huge changes once they started receiving player feedback. Sadly, this game made foundational choices many years ago, and from what I could tell, they saw potential in the live service looter shooter format. Likely because Fortnite, Destiny, even The Division was doing well for a while, and by the time players get their hands on it, well, it's too late. You're too far away from what long-standing Rock City fans wanted. And it was leaning into live service themes and gameplay mechanics that many games and gamers have just grown tired of. So this is a good time to tell you my thoughts on the game because I have rolled credits. I have finished the game. Right now, I think the silver lining and the ray of hope is that the user data is pretty strong, right? The user scores and the achievement percentages show potential signs of life, but I do have concerns. First, I was headed toward giving this game a solid 8, right? This is not a game of the year winner. This isn't like an 8.5, 9, or a 10, okay? Just a nice solid 8. But it did slip to about a 7.5 after I rolled credits. The final 10% of the game felt incredibly phoned in. And I think it makes sense as to why some reviews sounded fairly positive and good as you read them, but then their overall score felt somewhat dislodged from the rest of the review. I think it's because as they were playing through the game and taking notes, there was a lot of good things to praise. But slowly, over time, not enough changes in the gameplay, the guns, and the boss fights, and it led to a Brainiac fight that I thought was awful. I had numerous bugs that made it less enjoyable as well, but even if everything ran smoothly, the Brainiac fight was literally just the Flash boss fight with a few added mechanics. With all of the mixed responses to the Batman and the Superman fights, I feel like the Brainiac fight was a nail in the coffin for a lot of players. Because for me, 
It served as a terrible handoff to the end of the game, which is obviously a concern going forward. A lot of players were seemingly enjoying the game, giving it a good score, and a good percentage of people completed the final fight. And if they are like me, then the future seasons, even though they're free, well, they might not be all that inviting. Another concern I have is new playable characters. I really enjoyed my time with King Shark, but largely the differences between the characters might not be strong enough for a new playable character to matter. Yes, the Joker movement looks cool, but moving differently and having a new traversal attack and a suicide strike, while the guns all still largely feel very similar to each other, it might not have staying power. And that's the thing. The movement in the combat is great in this game, but I do think the characters and the guns need an overhaul if they want folks to go the distance. Yes, you can come up with some really wild builds. I know you can put in the time, but it all feels very homogenized. And people who are enjoying the game, they might push back and they say, well, you've not done the end game. You've not been grinding or investing in a build. Yes, because I didn't feel like I needed to do that or wanted to do that. And that's the problem. Somebody like me who was enjoying the game, I was having a blast with it. It was on its way to getting an 8 out of 10 from me. I enjoy looter shooters. I basically got to the end and I said, yeah, no thanks. I'm good. And I will admit Helldivers 2 played a role here, which is a huge challenge for live service games. Another game can snatch up my attention, and the attention of lots of other players, rather quickly. This is why Battle Royales are such a hard genre to break into. All it takes is a new season in Call of Duty or Fortnite, and the player base pendulum swings. So all in all, I don't think this was necessarily a situation where I was wrong about the game. I think it is good in what it set out to do. But the rough plane landing at the end of the game is why I think review scores ended up feeling very harsh and why I ended up just disengaging with the game after I rolled credits. And maybe that works in the game's favor. Maybe a break and coming back for season one is what they hope for. Given the depth of the end game, I think they expect a variety of engagement styles. Some will wait for season one because they want new story or a new character. Others are going to grind until their eyes bleed. I'll be honest, while I have my concerns, I actually think this game is a fighter. So don't count it out just yet. But that's just what I think. What do you think? So let me give you... My closing thoughts and conclusion here, I went back and I listened to my monologue where I said that the critics, I thought they had gotten this one wrong. I I, I just, I really felt like fours and fives were just way too low for this game. And the thing that gets lost in discussions like that is nuance, okay? In that video, I was like, listen, you can't be wrong if you dislike the game. I took issue with scores like fours and fives because the game was being scored in the same hemisphere as Redfall. Those types of scores, I think, are reserved for disastrous launches, games that aren't even complete or ready to launch. I certainly found aspects of the game wanting or needing more depth. I I really did not enjoy the ending, but this is not a Redfall. This is not a Gollum, okay? It certainly had a better start with respect to the user score and the completion rate than a lot of other games. The bigger question would be, is there enough people coming back? The second thing I want to say is the true test of any live service game always takes place months after release. I've said this many times. The answer to the question is not technical, but psychological. You can have a battle pass, cosmetics, and new playable content. That's all sort of technical. It's like, well, yeah, that's sort of assumed. You need that for an ongoing game. The question is, will people be drawn to it? 
And this is where my confidence in the game is weakening. They have a good foundation. They have a lot they can build on. But they can't just release new playable content or boss variants if it's going to be the exact same mechanics all over again. The final Brainiac fight definitely has me worried that they will do that. Because I think this game shines when you have a lot of mechanics to juggle. But eventually, you need something new. I think the cannon fights where you have to like kill the enemies and throw the things at the cannon legs. I thought those were good. The Green Lantern fights, they gave me confidence that they can create fun arenas to sort of play in with lots of layers that require you to do lots of different things. But if the new content hits in season one and we're doing the same things all over again, I have a feeling that will be the day this game hits the floor, if it hasn't already. Games like this can certainly make a comeback, but you need a core audience to do that. And I think if we're just doing the same mechanics all over again and the game doesn't feel like there's enough variety and variation between the characters, the guns, and the gameplay, you're going to drive your audience away. My conclusion is this. I'm certainly pulling for this game. I think Rocksteady made the game that they wanted to make. And yes, it included chasing some trends and pivoting pretty sharply from what they were known for. But devs seem to be damned if they do and damned if they don't. We heard a lot of this last year. You know, oh, all the nominations for Game of the Year were just sequels. Uh, gamers are consistently asking for something new. And to the point that even Avatar Frontiers of Pandora was very shredded and criticized because it was too similar to Far Cry. Just having similar or familiar systems and gameplay loop was enough to just write that game off. So Rocksteady completely shifts to their, you know, their game style. They shift their approach. And yes, admittedly, they were seemingly targeting a new audience rather than their existing audience, which I think is exposing a growing trend in gaming. We are treating game devs like rock bands. We don't want the new album to sound like the previous album, but if it changes too much or it chases some trend, well, we think they've sold out and then we don't like their latest work. It's a shared struggle for creatives. None of this makes Kill the Justice League a great game. It's just an observation about how fandom can start to work against creative effort. Creatives and game devs probably genuinely get to a point where they don't want to make another fill-in-the-blank game. It happened with Gearbox with Borderlands. They didn't want to just make another Borderlands. They didn't want to be known as the Borderlands developers. And they made Battleborn, which was a flop. And it seems to have happened with Rocksteady and the Suicide game. They didn't want to make just another Arkhamverse game or another Batman game. They didn't want to reboot or or stay in that lane. They wanted to make something completely different. And the fans have answered. They don't seem to like it. But that doesn't mean there aren't new fans that could rally around the game and keep things going. But those are just my thoughts. Now it's time to hear your thoughts. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, guys. We got a full Monday for you. I wanted to talk about this with you because obviously Warner Brothers saying it fell below expectations. They didn't have a lot of competition in January, and they were the third most sold game. I think it's selling less than Tekken 8, especially since it's DC licensed property. That's probably a concern, honestly, for the, 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 the future of the game. Now, we'll look and see if it dropped tremendously in February or if it held good position in February because this game actually didn't even release in January. It would release on February the 2nd. So all of those sales that had it in third place for January, those were all pre-orders. Um, that was, you know, I, that's actually not bad if you consider that. But again, if it fell below expectations, the concern would be Warner Brothers says 
yeah, we're you guys are only going for four seasons and then we're we're EOLing the game. I, I think that's a that's a high likelihood, actually. Uh, that's I think that's a high likelihood. I don't know. We've heard twenty months of planned content. I don't think the content is all built yet. That would be ridiculous um, to have that much content built out. Now we got to get started here on the member count because Nightfire. 443 became a brand new member. Han shot first, and so did you. Thank you so much, Nightfire, the first member of the day, and getting us on our way to the first 25. Every 25, I gift five. Cod Lover with uh, a couple of super chats, a $2 and a $5. Vanilla Destiny 1 was better. 10 years uh, for this. Why don't the boss battles have different mechanics? Yeah, I think that's fair criticism. Rich Rod with a five spot says, it's Callisto Protocol level of disappointment, but still a decent game. Although, Callisto Protocol is better at being Callisto Protocol than Suicide Squad is at being Suicide Squad. Thank you, Rich Rod, for the five spot. And then, Joker Quinn and Patrick Q, both gift single members. Guys, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. We have had a nice rise in people paying for their own memberships. There's way more of you now at that $6 tier than ever before, so keep that going. Make sure an upgrade if you're a gifted and you enjoy the membership perks that you've been getting. Pick up that membership on your own. Make room for more folks to get gifted. We had a really, really fun Friday night. We did a big community PvP game night in uh, in Helldivers 2. I We made up a bunch of fun PvP games and played. It was awesome. We, it was like only like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minute stream or something like that. The turnout was great, and then we hang out with members after. It was so, so fun, so thank you guys for that. It's very, very low on Twitch. I'm not really concerned about a game like this being low on Twitch this many weeks after. That would be true of virtually any game. I don't think this game was ever going to be like a a streaming sensation that's not necessarily indicative of a game's success but it does show a lack of interest and if content creators aren't doing it playing it and they're not getting the results from when they do they'll all stop playing it right especially there are people that were enjoying it and they were grinding but i don't think like mainstay folks who play these types of games were going to plant their flag in it the consumer response and the reviewer response was so like heavily negative that you would feel like you were wasting your time as a content creator like i got so much flack for being like i think the critics got it wrong i you know i think the game is far better than the fours and the fives that we're seeing you know i i think anything below like a six and a half was just was just overly harsh you know like if you want to give the game a six and a half or a seven and be like it's kind of lukewarm i don't really like it i think that's totally fine i just think a lot of folks gave it scores that were just unusually low for a polished full game compared to the other games that land in those score thresholds like fours and fives i mean my gosh like is this as bad as redfall or Gollum? like i don't think so no says a lot of games don't grab on twitch but the longevity could still hold for those enjoying it yeah and there are plenty of games that just don't do well in that environment but i i do think this game probably waned and and fell on streaming platforms like that because i do think the people that bought it seemed to like it they completed it i don't think there was enough of them i don't i think that the i think the marketing killed this game it killed it because 
when that trailer dropped and the and people were like immediately critical and it was getting downvoted on YouTube and then they delayed the game I think that kind of sealed the game's commercial fate it was like uh, it wasn't going to it wasn't going to sell well at that point cuz that's pro- I said this in my monologue uh whenever I covered this and I you know I said that I felt like the um um the critics got it wrong I said that I think the reason the user scores are so good is because the marketing drove a bunch of people away from the game. So they just didn't buy it, right? The people that did buy it liked it because they're like, oh, that game looks like it'd be kind of fun. I think a lot of the Rocksteady fans just said, I'm not even going to buy that. And that's what's keeping the score, you know, at a good level on Steam, uh, PlayStation and Xbox. Now, here's the thing. That, again, I think could work in the game's favor, because if they start updating the game and adding content and, and, and making things more enjoyable, like I think the characters need a lot more variety, I think the guns need a lot more variety. If they can do that and suddenly the game's on sale or something, you're going to go to the PlayStation, Xbox store or Steam and you're going to see, oh, it's got a pretty good score. If you went and you saw it had like a 60% like Avengers, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they if they add content. You're going to see that score and you're just not going to buy Eugene says the success of this game isn't determined by month one sales. Rough start doesn't equal failure. And I also want to know where it lands in February because it was in third place for January and that's all pre-orders. This game released on February the 2nd. So I want to see February's numbers. That's like, okay, how did it do its launch week? How did it do during its actual launch month? A $20 tip from Codlover says... Enjoy hearing your opinion. Amazing job. I hope uh, they make a Superman game. I think a Superman game would be tough. A lot of people want a Superman game, but I think it would be tough. It was a decent game in my opinion, says Jay Subbles. Nothing amazing, but enjoyable. Right, like, a lot of people were just like, they were just lukewarm. Like, yeah, it was fine. Like, I'm not going to come back and play it. And I'm telling you, my theory about why you would read a review, or you would, like, listen to a review, and you're like, this person's saying a lot of positive things. Why'd they give it a five? You know, why'd they give it a, why'd they give it such a low score? I'm telling you, it's the final 10% of the game. It is the final 10%. It just, 435 players in Steam. Right, right. And I'm telling you, Omar, that's why. The handoff to being like, hey, you're in the end game now. It's terrible. It is a terrible handoff. It just is. I, I played the final 10%. I played that Brainiac fight, and I told my wife, I says, I, I, I don't want to play anymore. I, they, didn't, they did not make a compelling case for keep on playing. Like, for me to play, you know, 85% of the game, and I was like, this is a solid game. I think this is fun. I actually like the story and the characters and the voice acting. I thought it was all, that all those things were great. I'm 85% of the way through, and I'm like, yeah, it's a solid game, a solid game, and then the final 15%, it's like, it just, I think it just falls apart. It, I, I didn't like it. It was like, okay, you're going to chase Brainiac. You got to go get Brainiac. I'm like, okay. And it was just all of the same fights, same mechanics over and over again. I had a bunch of glitches that made it really unenjoyable. I couldn't get ammo for one of my weapons. The shield thing wasn't working. There was some kind of a server desync going on. I was playing with my wife in the same house, right? And when we rolled credits, I was like, yeah, I'm good. And as I said in the show open, Helldivers played a role. Helldivers 2 played a role. 
because it was like and that's always going to be a challenge for live service games you're competing for people's attention and and Helldivers 2 came out and it's like okay I could do right I could do generic run and gun looty shoots in Kill the Justice League or I could do the run and gun drop stratagems in Helldivers 2 like they're 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 not the same game but they're competing for the same type of player I would think like if you just want a mindless shooter that's fun Helldivers 2 kind of walks in the room and just shoves Suicide Squad right out of the room it's like <laughs> get out of here like we're we're better we're stronger we're we're more popular right and <laughs> and I do think live service games are always taking that gamble can you capture people's attention and keep it and not lose them to some other game? That's always going to be the challenge. Always. The stats on the PlayStation 5 audience playing Helldivers, the three biggest and most popular games that they have also played this year, it was like GTA, Fortnite, and Call of Duty. So shooters, people, fans of shooters are loving Helldivers too. You said the word generic is what killed this game. Well, and I think generic can be fun because if you're just wanting something like when I was playing this in the evening with my wife, we were having fun. You're just running around the city, clearing the map, getting loot, leveling up. You know, that was just fun. Then we tried Helldivers 2 and that game won. It's that simple. It's like my my schedule's really limited, y'all. Like I'm I'm not going to force myself to carve out time for a game. The game has to fold into my life rhythms. Like I don't adjust my schedule for games. The games have to fold into my schedule. And so if I would have tried Helldivers 2 with my wife and it was a disaster and it wasn't fun and she didn't like it, we might have gone back to 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 kill the Justice League and did some end game grinding. But we're having fun with Helldivers too, so it wins. It's that simple. That's always a challenge with live service games. It always will be. Imagine trying to launch a battle royale right now, and let's say you you garnered a decent audience and people were enjoying it. Well, Fortnite drops a new season, Call of Duty Warzone drops a new season, and you're gonna you're gonna probably immediately have player loss, almost instantaneously. Powers open up in looter shooters like Suicide Squad. The more you play, you get more powerful and you can switch characters to keep the fun uh, falling. That's just me. Like I said, I think this game is a fighter. I think this game still has a shot. What I think they really need to focus on is making the guns and the characters feel less homogenized. Like, you need to add an entire armory, armory of weapons that only King Shark can use. And I know... Right, they restrict some of the weapon types. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, oh, he can use miniguns, okay? And not everybody can use miniguns. Okay. Like, I'm talking about literally create a King Shark armory of stuff so when he uses the weapons, it feels like it's built for him. He needs something that utilizes, you know, his forward momentum, his floating, his dashing. Like, the gun should be literally built around that. Because I think the movement in this game is probably the the thing that deserves the most praise within the gameplay loop is the movement. The movement feels fantastic. But I'm watching my wife play with King... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm King Shark and she's Captain Boomerang. And I don't see our guns doing 
they're not doing anything that dramatically different. They just aren't. They feel very homogenized. So I have zero draw to be like, oh, well, I'll start working on my boomerang now. His melee and his in his in his traversal and his traversal attack is different, but that's not really largely. Eighty percent of the time, I'm using my weapons. Now you can do builds where you're primarily using like grenades or melee or something like that, but a game that has this many weapons. You, you can't tell me that that's not meant to be the primary means of combat. It's the guns, right? It's a looter shooter, so the guns are a huge aspect of it. I think each character needs their own armory of weapons, and they need to feel very unique to the identity of the character. And that's when you would start to see people say, oh, the Joker's not just here. The Joker has his own armory of weapons. That's a whole new experience for me now. King Shark's a respectable choice. Yeah, I mean, I had the most fun with him. I felt like his movement was just really, really fun. The ga- the gunplay feels phenomenal, too. I don't know if it feels better than Helldivers, but it beats down Destiny Borderlands Warframe pretty bad. I don't agree with it beating down Destiny. Destiny is one of the best shooters in existence to this date. But I think it feels really, really good. I agree with that. I think you're going a little too far in your praise. Destiny, as a shooter, is... <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Nightfire says they need to focus on powers, skills, and weapons that gear theme for the character. DC has too many unique, uh, especially the villains, and the gunplay and the combat to feel generic. Yeah, give them like a harpoon or something. Yeah. Yeah. You could do things with, with Boomerang where, you know, he gets, if, if, if he shoots crits, I don't know. The bullets loop back around to him, and you're just kind of seeing them loop back around. I don't know. As long as he's airborne or something, like you could have guns like that. Where again, you want the gun to feel unique to the character, and I I think they I think they they failed in that regard. Yo, 26 months from snow. I think its concept was a good idea, but it's not worth the cost. If it's got no potential to keep running, happy 26 months. Yeah, well, and I I think season one is the real test. Suicide Squad kill the Justice League season one. That's the test. Can they get people to come back? Can they get new people to buy the game just on like word of mouth or seeing the character or seeing the content, right? The the Two-Face storyline and the Scarecrow storyline, those could be good. And if that if that creates a little bit of that momentum, then each season could potentially help this game kind of slowly right the ship. I think after a year, if they've not seen improvement with returning players or new players or revenue, yeah, the game the game will be pretty much cooked at that point. I think they can turn it around. I I think the challenge is really going to be is is the content um is the content and the character enough? Is like is the Joker and these episodes that they're doing, like, is it enough? And this game took 18 months to make. Maybe I would have hope. Dave says it won't last a year. You don't think it's going to make it? A lot of people think this game's already dead. They do. They look at the Steam numbers and like, this game flopped. It held decent on, on Xbox Top 50 for the opening week. And 35% of the people who bought it completed it. So... You know, again, my concern is if those people are like me 
right? They got to that final 35, uh, I'm sorry, they got to that final 10% of the game, like the 35% that beat it, and they all said the same thing I did. They said, ah, I, I don't, I don't want to keep playing. I thought I turned the timer on. I did. Is it, is it switching? I, I don't know if I, maybe I'm just missing it. Do you think Rocksteady has the game completed and a year from now, the state of the game will feel like it should have been at release? I feel like Warner Brothers Overlords killed the game with live service. I don't agree with that assessment that this was somehow like they made them do a live service game. I do not agree with that assessment. I think this is a game they wanted to build and I think they did the same thing that Naughty Dog did. Right, great catching you. Stop by later. All right, Snow. Always good to see you. Um, I think I do. I think they fell prey to the. I, I I've been calling it basically. I've been attributing it to Fortnite. I want to come up with like a, a, something, to, you know, a way to say it. You know, it's the for. I, we'll just call it the Fortnite effect. Or no, they fell under the, the spell of Fortnite. I think both Naughty Dog and Rocksteady fell under the spell of Fortnite. It was like, oh, yo, what's good, Raven? It was like, oh, we can do that. We can do that. We can make a game that that, that is this sort of ongoing run around and shoot and have fun. I also think they looked at games like The Division and they looked at Destiny. There's a lot of influence from The Division, Destiny, and Borderlands in the loot systems of Kill the Justice League. There is. There's a lot. And so from my perspective, it's like if if they saw that and they started building this game back then and they made all those foundational decisions, that's why I think a lot of people don't understand how this game came to be. They're like, why did you do this? I don't think WB forced them. I think everybody fell under the spell of Fortnite and thought, oh, we can do that too. Because around the time that Naughty Dog announced that their thing was getting ripped out of The Last of Us Part 2, it was in the it was in the wake of Fortnite exploding. Fair point. I just feel like this is such an obvious miss from such a good developer. I'm finding it hard to believe, but it doesn't make it less true. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Understand that when I'm saying that that's what Naughty Dog and Rocksteady did, I'm not like defending it as a good or bad decision. I'm just saying it makes business sense that you would see the impact of Fortnite and think the industry is going to follow this. They're a trendsetter. We should chase this trend. There's money to be made here. Also, they're looking at it and saying gamers are liking this. So there's demand for something like this. So I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just trying to make sense of why companies... Right now, okay, we're seeing signs of what I think is the Fortnite effect. Fortnite influenced these companies. So I don't think like WB walked in the room and said, hey, we know you guys wanted to make a really great Arkhamverse game. We want you to make a, a live service game. I, act, I, don't, I don't buy into, into that theory. I think, uh, I think my theory about Fortnite is a little bit more plausible. They started making this before uh, them games like Fortnite, so you'd have to ask if they rebuild the game mid-cycle. What do you mean, Paul? Fortnite exploded in 2017 and 2018. That was six years ago. 
when do you think they started building the foundations of this game when nine eight ten years ago I don't think so I think they were scoping out potentially I think they were scoping out the game and I'm telling you I think the same thing happened to with with, uh, with last of us online they're scoping it out they're 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 in the early stages storyboarding who knows what and then Fortnite comes on the scene and they're like wait a minute we should we should be paying attention to this this something's happening here we could probably do the same thing we could copy some of those ideas we could do similar things we could we could make a game that's ongoing I don't think they were building the foundations of Kill the Justice League pre-2017 or pre-2018. I don't... I, if we have... Do we have concrete evidence of them starting this game or building the found or building significant foundations for this game in like 2016, 2015? That's such a long time ago. I, What we know about game dev, I don't think they were doing a significant amount of the foundation that early. That's like... Even with Anthem, even with Anthem, they didn't do that. They, Anthem, they completely screwed screwed the pooch, right? They were like not building the game, changing the game, changing the style of game, changing. I think they did they change engines. I can't even remember. They were doing all of that, and it was like five years before the game came out. Yo, Whiskey Neat with thirteen months and a VIP morning. Lono and Chad, hope everyone's having a great Monday. Good to see you, Whiskey Neat. <clears throat> You think Rock City really said, let's copy Fortnite? No, I think you're oversimplifying what I said. I think they looked at Fortnite and said, we can do something like that. How do you not look at this game and not see the impact of Fortnite? It's a third person, like, open area shooter. The influence of Fortnite is all over this game. From the way you navigate space to the way the gun, like the way you shoot. I mean, when we first saw it, people thought it looked like a Fortnite limited time mode. That's what people said. They're like, oh, that just looks like Fortnite. They're like running around shooting the purple orbs. When did Arkham Knight come out? Oh, is the assumption that they started working on this right after Arkham Knight's release? Arkham Knight released in 2015. I don't. Again, the idea that they as soon as as soon as Arkham Knight was shipped, you think they started building this game? I don't think so. I don't think so. I could easily see 2016 and 17 as plan. Either they were planning. <clears throat> do we even know when they got the rights to do it? Did they have to procure rights and licensure from DC to do this game? I don't even know. Or were they already approved to just use DC property? In any case. In any case, the I, I them de- them immediately jumping into developing this game in 2015, 2016, even if they did, I still think it stands to reason, especially considering how long we waited for the game to come out, I still think it stands to reason that Fortnite had an effect. I think they looked at the popularity of Fortnite. I think they looked at Destiny. Destiny was doing very well. And then, well, Borderlands didn't really do all that well. But I feel like some of the loot systems remind me, some of the skill trees and the way you build out your character reminds me of Borderlands. Which, again, when you decide you're going to make a looter shooter, you're going to go look at some of the best. And Borderlands, that's some of the best. 
you know, some of the best looter shooters. Not live service, not live service, but just some of the best looter shooters available. Yeah, yeah, Arkham Knight was almost 10 years ago. It's crazy how much time has flown by. I remember streaming that game. I remember jump getting jump scared by the man bat. They pitched Batman Beyond game right after Arkham Knight and they got that got shut down. I don't I don't I don't think they were doing a significant amount of dev work in in 20 uh in 2015-2016 on this game. And if they started working on the game around 2017, that's when Fortnite came on the scene. And then Fortnite exploded in 2018. That was 6 years ago. It stands to reason that 6 years ago really popular live service battle royale game influenced this game when you look at the character movement when you look at the way the guns handle it seems like Fortnite had an impact and maybe I'm saying it incorrectly I don't necessarily think that developers like Naughty Dog and Rocksteady said we need to build uh, our own Fortnite I think they said we need to build a game that's ongoing like that they saw the money and the popularity and they saw wait a minute I mean, look at the durability of Destiny 2. Destiny 2 launched and was so lukewarm in its reception from the core audience, and even Destiny managed to turn things around. Which also, you would, we would consider Destiny 2's turnaround to be late 2018, when they, when they sort of rejuvenated the player base and people were happy and they made a lot of big changes. So 2018 was a big year for ongoing games. You had the explosion of Fortnite and you had Destiny improving itself. And these guys, as well as Naughty Dog, are thinking, why don't we make a game that's ongoing? Why don't we make a game that people come back and play and we do seasons and you know, I don't know, other content types in, instead of doing a one-off. Rock said he had 8 plus year gap in between releases. Naughty Dog got criticized for not announcing a new game in around 3 years after their last project. Well, that's an entirely different subject. The insistence that Naughty Dog should have been announcing a new game was hilarious to me. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> like, three years ago, they released The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, <laughs> they better announce something else. What are they doing? It's like, what other studios are doing that? They're like, make a game, and then three years later, they're like, we have another game coming. It's like, No five, six years dev cycle minimum for bigger games now. (laughs) You're not going to get an announcement from major studios like that after a whopping three years. True, but those are PvP-centric games. I don't know what Rocksteady was on with this. Well, Destiny's not PvP-centric. And again, I I think you guys are not hearing what I'm saying. I am not saying that Fortnite influenced Rocksteady to make a a Fortnite. I think it was, look at the amount of players and money you can get with an ongoing game. It's getting more expensive to make games. It's getting more expensive to hire all these voice actors. And if we want to make more than just that launch month, launch year, why don't we take some of their ideas? Like, 
you look at this game and you look at the format, you look at the skins, you look at the fact that they're doing seasons, and you if you don't think Fortnite and Destiny had a role there, I I just don't know what to tell you. I think that's I think that's so easy to demonstrate. I think when you look at Kill the Justice League and how the menus are set up and and how the and how the loot's tiered with color and the skins and and the seasons it's got it's got Fortnite and Destiny written all over it. Chris F says How true is it that in the 9 years interim for this game most of the senior staff left the studio? I've heard it said a few times already, but I don't know how true it is. I have not researched um I have not researched the staff exodus of this game or, or studio. I don't know if that's true or not. If that happened, then I'd be interested to know why. Like, what was the cause? Did they not believe in this game? Did did they, in fact, pivot the core of the game and say, oh, hey, here's what we need to do. And they, you know, they pivoted everything to... Uh, live service, you know, and then is that why they left? I don't know. Yo, good morning, Abe. How are you? Guys, make sure, nice, strong turnout today. I wasn't sure if people would want to talk about this. I was like, I want to talk about this. I know that maybe people feel like this topic has kind of moved on, but it's like Warner Brothers said the game fell short. I wanted to entertain the subject. I was like, wait, hey, was I wrong? You know, I did lower my opinion and score and confidence in the game but I'm not walking back what I said. I still think this game was better than the scores that it got from a lot of the critics. Um, I still hold to that. I think this game's somewhere between a seven and a half and an eight. It's not a four or five, but if you're tuning in right now and you're enjoying the show, do me a favor and do all the things that help the show out. Uh, Smash like it's free to smash. Like make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button. That's how you talk in my chat. Consider becoming a member or gifting some members. That is a great way to ensure we're able to do what we do here. Uh, we do have some sponsors, but primarily you guys are the sponsors of the show. Like you guys are the ones that uh, that make all this possible with the gifting and the super chat. So we appreciate all of the the generosity, and we appreciate the coffee orders. We already got two coffee orders this morning. Uh, we got one from Eugene, and then we got one from somebody ordered three bags of dark roast. And your name starts with the letter D. I don't ever want to say your full name. We're trying to get it to where I could see your username, but. Our back-end, you know, uh, store solution is just not uh, not <laughs> making it easy. You finished the Batman fight last night. Creature was right about that. Yep, Batman fight's pretty bad. I will agree with that. I don't take issue with the fact that he dies the way that he dies. I think people really overstated that. Like, everybody kind of died in a similar way. Um they were, you know, I didn't expect them to, like, give anybody a heartfelt send-off, but but the Batman fight in and of itself, yeah, it was pretty bad. It was, I was like, what are we doing here? Yo, a gifted member from Joker Quinn, thank you so much, taking us to four members on the day, man. Joker Quinn is always out here gifting those single members, man. Thank you very much. Good to see you, Feed. I see you in the chat. Omar says, I'm distraught thinking about what they could have done with a Batman Beyond game right now. Still Batman, but different abilities, different Gotham, new villains, flight, OMG. Mm -mm. 
People tripped about Joel too. Doesn't surprise me. Lona, did you see my suggestion about your coffee? I put it in the Discord. I thought it was pretty cool. It's in the Ask Lono. You made a suggestion about the coffee in Ask Lono. Advertise your coffee with roast. There's always some guy in the chat, and lots of times you roast him with knowledge. After the roast, hold the coffee and say, brought to you by Reforge Roast. Uh, I'm actually... I don't know if you guys have noticed. I'm kind of leaning away from doing that more than I... I don't know. I And I don't like attaching the coffee to it either. I think it's too easy to clip somebody and make them look really mean and unkind when I'm just being a showman. Um, I think it's fair to do that, to be like, yeah, I'm going to roast up this guy. But I think it's just always misinterpreted as that I'm being a jerk. Um... So I've not been doing it as often. I think sometimes I'll still do it and I'll do it in a lighthearted way. Yo, DK Baker gives a member. Thank you so much. Setting up five out of 25. We'll see if you tempt any of the big boys to drop a 20 bomb. Appreciate you so, so much. Um, oh, boot to the roasting, not the going away from it. Yeah, I don't think you want to attach the coffee brands to like me being on me again, making it look like I'm on. Un- I'm being unkind. I wore this exact same shirt when when I played Kill the Justice League. I was like, how long has it been since I wore this shirt? Three weeks ago. I'm looking at the clip right now. I was using my own B-roll. I was like, I'm wearing the same shirt. That's that's, what an insane coincidence. I just pulled it off the rack last night. The game... um, What about the Batman Beyond movie made by the people that are doing the Spider-Verse? That would have been pretty dope. You're getting roasted. I don't think it's a bad idea, Sneaky Wolf. I just don't know if I want to do that, you know. I've I've tried to tone down the roastings. I've tried to make it more lighthearted and funny instead of, you know, me me shredding somebody, you know. My wife has always said, you know, it's not impressive. <laughs> She's like it's not impressive. You have a microphone She's like, a lot of the times it might even be a kid. She's like, there's nothing impressive about that. <laughs> and she's kind of right. <laughs> she's she's kind of correct. So. Uh, it doesn't feel like fighting Batman, to be honest. I never use fear toxin in the Arkham games. I feel like a scarecrow fight than a proper Batman fight. So the issue with the Batman fight to me I'm okay with them emphasizing the fear. I thought that part was fine. Like, as a lead-up, if that led up to a good fight, then I would have been okay with it. What they should have done, this is always so much easier to do when you're not the developer, what I think they should have done is, you have that fear element leading up, because I think it's a perfectly fine lead-up. It's not a real fight. It's more of an experience. Because being on the other end of fighting against the Dark Knight, who's in the shadows, I thought was kind of cool. But what they should have done was, just like in the Arkham games, how he's always disarming everybody, right? You can use your grapple hook and like yank their gun away. I feel like he should have disarmed us. And it should have been a melee fight. It should have been 
a a melee fight with mechanics of like he would hide, he would come out, you'd have to have good reflexes, you'd have to, you know, be countering and all this different stuff. And then the only reason you would win is because there's four of you and somebody, I don't know, you'd figure out a way to trick him or you'd figure out a way to, you know, tangle him up. I think he should have disarmed us. Um personally I think that would have been better than like this really cool creepy lead up and then we all stand on a platform and just shoot at this giant scary Batman creature thing I I don't know but I guess the whole time we were shooting him so when we come out of the, the sequence he's a bloody mess you know I, Batman didn't have enough prep time yeah I guess people calling that game disrespectful though they either didn't play the entire story or they didn't pay attention to the Kevin Conroy tribute at the end well, the Kevin Conroy tribute is is nice, but it's after like 45 minutes of credits, so I don't think a lot of people saw that. I also think, again, that the fight against Batman should have been more about the fear element's fine, but he should have disarmed us. That would have been a classic Batman build, you know, and the evil Batman would have been ego-driven and be like, you know, you think you can fight me, you know, you, you, you think you can go toe-to-toe with the Dark Knight? And that would have been what ultimately led to his downfall. Because it's not really him, right? So you could have had a very different interpretation of of, of Batman not calculating appropriately. You know, I'm outnumbered by four people. One of them's a god. You know, one of them is a shark that could, you know, break my bones if he got a hold of me. So that fight was pretty bad. Yeah. I thought the Flash fight was fine. I thought the Green Lantern fight was fine. I thought Batman and Superman were were pretty bad. They just weren't very good. Batman probably being the worst fight. And then the Brainiac fights, to me, the reason it was bad, it was like, you, it was just all the same mechanics. All the same mechanics leading up. It was chaos and glitchy and buggy leading up. And then I we get to the actual Brainiac fight, and it's just the Flash fight again. It was the same mechanics. I was like, what are we doing here? Like, huh? You want to program that? What do you mean, do I want to program what? They could have done that if they would have had Jason Todd on Suicide Squad, and you get that emotional impact for a long-time comic fans of it being Jason Todd have to do the deed. Well, I don't think the tone of the game was ever meant to be an emotional send-off for any of the characters, other than maybe Wonder Woman. Um... Do you know, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think that they ever were going to give people like a heartfelt salute when somebody died, when one of the Justice League members died. It wasn't meant to be like that. At the end of the day, when you had to sell a game to someone for 70 by saying that the game has potential, it's a fail versus Helldivers 40 is fun right now. Well, this is always going to be the dilemma, and I talked about this the other day when we talked about Helldivers. This is going to be the dilemma for the AAA live service game. The AAA live service game has way more people behind it, so the budget's significantly bigger, so you're unlikely to see a, a you know a AAA live service game come to market and be 40 or 50 bucks. I don't, I don't think the publishers would be okay with that. 
um, because they want at least some kind of a guarantee on the money that went into the project over the you know the four or five years that it takes to build. So I actually think Helldivers is showing something we've touched on a little bit in that smaller studios in the 100 to 200 employee range, I think they're going to start to shine. And the bigger studios, I think I think a lot of them are going to start to to either trim down or shut down. Unless, of course, they're being successful, which some are. But I think some of the bigger studios, particularly if they target live service, like think about what would have happened to Naughty Dog if they decided to become a live service studio and they went forward with Naughty Dog. Uh, they went forward with um, Last of Us Online, and they're like, "No, we're not going to do a third game. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna press forward." Well, if the game fails, because again, the AAA budget that would have gone into it, and their notoriety, and the recognizable brand, and you charge full price, I think that's a really hard sell in the market. I just, I do. I think Helldivers kind of made it, it's having an impact. It's like, okay, not only do you have free Battle Royale games, now you've got a game that's got, it's got some substance, it's got some identity, it's 40 bucks, and then you've got games like Kill the Justice League. Now, if other live service games from AAA Studios start to come out in a similar vein that's like 70 bucks, and they're gonna do free ongoing content and seasons and all of the rest, you're going to have the same mindset from people. Gamers are going to say, I don't know if I want to spend $70 on a live service game because I apparently won't get all of my $70 worth until, you know, 12 months from now. Because that's the discussion about the price point of Kill the Justice League came up in my uh, in my previous monologue. And a lot of people that were praising the game on Steam were like, it's a good game, wait for a sale. It's a good game, wait for a sale. And it's like, well, okay. Okay, but will you be able to look at four seasons, four new characters, a bunch of new story, new playable environments, all no FOMO, all available? At the end of the year, when all that's in the game, are you still going to say, yeah, $70 was too expensive? But that's the problem. Consumers think about what's right in front of them, and at some level, as you should. Like, I paid for this, and this is what I got. I don't care that you're going to give me content for the rest of the year. Like, this is what I'm looking at right now. This was the value trans- transmission. The, yes, the value proposition is a longer tail, but the consumer doesn't think like that. It's like, I spent 70 and this is what I got. That's going to be the challenge of the AAA live service game, is you've got to convince people to buy the game at full price, and you know that you're basically selling them a foundation. You're not selling them the entire house. The, the rest of the house is coming. You're not going to like nickel and dime them. Like Justice League isn't going to do that. They're not going to start charging you for seasons. I mean, that would be a nightmare if they tried to do that. Parasito says, could also see game studios completely misinterpreting this and trying to make games with even bigger worlds, trying to pull a Todd Howard with four times more crap and shooting themselves in the foot. Right, going for the quantity, the quantity aspect. If you need to change 12 plus things to make it good, it's not a good game and it failed. Who said they need to change 12 plus things? I'm not sure what you're responding to. I'm sticking to my guns that the Justice League members besides Wonder Woman were clones. 
I mean, there is going to be some kind of a rug pull. We didn't kill the Justice League, by the way. I, there, there is going to be some kind of a rug pull. Now, I don't know if that means we end up getting to play as any of them. That would be... Yeah, that would be an interesting twist. I don't know if they're going to let you do that. But I definitely think they're going to say, surprise, mother... Like, we didn't kill everybody. We, we didn't kill any of them. We killed Brainiac's Justice League. Like, he made them. He kidnapped them. And he made them. And I don't know where they are, but they're not they're not around, or at least they're not the ones that we killed. Clones are, clones are the half uh, other multiverse versions, maybe. Well, we know there are boss variants coming of Superman and Green Lantern. The worry would obviously be those will be the exact same fights. That I think that will kill the game if that's what ends up happening. But. I do think that they're going to go the route of the Justice League we thought we were killing is still alive. They maybe end up helping us. I don't know. Um, I don't know if like we're also maybe in a, in an else world the entire time. We're in we're in some Brainiac's version of reality. I, there's so many things they could do. I think from the very beginning, they they plant plenty of seeds to make you think, are we really doing this? Like, is this really happening? Is this all an illusion? Is this all Brainiac's big game? I think criticism should be, uh, should more so be, if you need to change 12 plus things, and then you don't, then it's a fail. Cyberpunk changed quite a bit, and we praise the final product for it. There are people that to this day, though, will dig their heels in on the on cyberpunk's redemption arc they will they'll dig their heels in and say no you know they refuse to play and support it right i don't even know if okay so cyberpunk had tangible things wrong with it measurable problems bugs glitches performance problems all, all up one side down the other one of their first substances substantive patches was like oh hey the driving isn't terrible now like that was literally the feedback from people oh man this patch is great the driving doesn't feel like trash okay kill the justice league doesn't have stuff like that that needs to be addressed the game feels good it's optimized incredibly well it runs well it it, it it's it's not a buggy mess Cyberpunk was still worth the asking price? (laughs) No. No. It was literally removed from a storefront. It was so bad. That's simply not true. Um, Kill the Justice League has what I would consider to be substance problems. Like, you need to go into the substance of what it is to play as King Shark. And like I said, he needs his own armory. And they could totally do this within the lore of the game. Penguin could walk out and say, you know, I got a whole new thing for you. You know, we've been monitoring your combat or whatever the heck, you know, working alongside with Waller and her people. And we have come up with a whole new slew of weapons made just for each of you. And then you're more in the lane of crafting an entire character. So when I play as King Shark, my guns are different. They handle different. They do different things. And now his identity is not just, 
oh, how he moves. It would be, you know, because how he moves and gets his shield back is is cool, but L take, Lono? What's my L take? Which I've said a lot. L take, Lono, Suicide Squad is trash. I think your take is an L take. You're not saying anything. You're just saying a game is trash that has an 80 to an 87% from the people that bought it. 35% of the people that bought it completed it. That's It has good user data. It didn't sell as commercially well as they wanted it to. That doesn't mean it's trash. Like, you can disagree with me saying that I think the game is good and has potential. I think it's got a lot of room for improvement. I think the final 10% of the game is pretty bad. I've been specifically critical I think your take is an L because you're not saying anything. You're just saying it's trash. I'm at least going into specifics about where the flaws are and where the rooms of improvement are. You're just saying something everybody else has said. The game is not balanced. In what respect? Are you talking about the skill trees, the end game, the enemy damage, the enemy health, the weapons? Bad writing story? Why is the story bad and why is the writing bad? Don't just tell me that it's bad. Tell me why. Like, why? What's, the, what's, what's bad with the writing and the story? What, what I have found most people to say about the writing and the story is that they don't like it. That's totally fine. You do not have to like the story. That doesn't make the writing and the story bad. Not liking something doesn't equate to it being bad. I'm not saying that the writing is good. I thought I found the writing to be right in line with what I expected from Rocksteady. And people running with the the false narrative of this other company influenced the writing and made it woke. No, they've come out and clarified that. They had no influence over the writing at all. This is Rocksteady's work. Skillup's video explains it all. I thought Skillup did a really good job pinpointing some of the things that even I have talked about. The weapons feel too homogenized. The mechanics in the fights, they just do them over again. Like I said, the final 10% of the game, I was like, this is a terrible handoff to the ongoing format. It's a terrible handoff. It's like, if this was supposed to compel me to keep going, it didn't. Batman wouldn't die so easily. Poison Ivy died in Arkham Knight. Okay. Do you see why I say, like, why do you think what you think? Like, you say my take is an L, but, again, I I don't feel like, I just, it doesn't feel like what you're saying is something we haven't already heard. Like, well, Batman wouldn't die so easily. The game is called Kill the Justice League. You were going to kill the Justice League. But if you pay attention, you're probably not killing the Justice League. Because of the context and because of the setting, it's probably not really happening. I will say, Lona, you're kind of describing why it isn't a good game. Most of your issues with it are pretty big. I think somebody could look at all the criticisms I made and land in that category, Kaiser, and say, yes, that makes it a bad game. I didn't feel those things throughout playing. What those things have done is they've worked against me wanting to grind the end game, Kaiser. Do you see the difference? There are people that got like halfway through the game and they said, 
everything I said. The guns are too homogenized, the characters all feel the same, or they don't feel different enough, or whatever the case may be. And they checked out about halfway through the game. I was perfectly fine with it. I was like, it's fun, it's a knock-around game, it's a mindless knock-around game, I can play co-op with my wife, I'm having a good time. What my criticisms are about is, this is why I don't want to go grind. Because I don't feel like the needle on my experience is going to move that much. I'm generally just going to be doing a lot of what I've already done, grinding for guns that feel like guns I've already got, to make my character stronger in ways where I already feel that strong. Because it was fun, I get that. Pong is fun too, if you know what I mean. Right, but fun is subjective. What I'm saying is, is that depending on the value system of the player, they might see the homogenized weapons and the characters and mentally acknowledge it and be like, it's not affecting my game. I'm having a, I'm having a fine time. It's not negatively impacting their experience. It didn't negatively impact my experience until it was time to go into the end game. And then I said, no, you didn't, you didn't do enough with the characters, the weapons, and even the mechanics in the fight at the end. It was just the flash fight mechanics all over again. So what I'm telling you is it's not a matter of like oh is it trash or is it or is it amazing it's it depends on the player like there are plenty of people that play this game and they have no idea any of the stuff that we're talking about they just had fun running around playing the game and shooting because again it's a very it's a very optimized very very well oiled machine like it it really delivers I think on that on that promise of like you're going to run around you're going to fly around with really fun traversal and you're going to fight enemies and like it just delivers on that it feels great it feels good to be in the game now if they want to take I've always talked about the reason some games really appeal to people and I think this is why Destiny has done so well for so long is there is there's depth beneath the simplicity So you can play Destiny 2 in a super simplistic way, or you can really, really craft a build and do endgame content and nightfalls and raids and dungeons. So there's this depth underneath the simplicity. Right now, Kill the Justice League has the simplicity. They've got that in spades. It's a very, very straightforward game, and it just feels good to slam the ground and fly around and shoot. The depth beneath... It doesn't change enough. It doesn't. It doesn't impact the 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 characters and the guns enough. It just sort of feels like, yeah, I've already kind of got guns that do that. I've already kind of played these encounters. If they would have created, and this is again, this is again what you should think about if you're going to try to do a baton pass from your base game to your ongoing content, you have got to build the bridge between the two. It's like. What we should have been doing fighting Brainiac is we should have been crafting newer weapons or better weapons specific to our characters. Okay? What they should have done is give you a sample of the end game. So you start crafting guns and weapons and things specific to your your King Shark or whoever. And then you take that into the Brainiac fight and the Brainiac fight's different and there's new mechanics and there's new things for you to do. Well, what that does is that says, oh, I just got to do this for the first time, and it was fun. I would like to do more. That's not what they did. You get to the end, and you do the same fights, the same events, and the same mechanics, and it's like, okay, 
I've th- apparently this game's not going to expand out into new territory. It's we're just going to literally do the same thing we've been doing. And I think that again is where the game failed to take the baton and hand it off. It just it didn't the handoff to the end game didn't happen for me. It was like I think with I think they overwhelm you with loot, and that's part of the problem too. Like we could break down every single system and talk about what they do wrong. Um, one of the things that games like Destiny and Borderlands do a really good job of is, well, maybe not Borderlands Three. Something that Destiny always did a really good job of is, and I actually think they could have improved upon this, was by the time you're sort of getting handed off into the end game, legendaries and exotics are now what you're chasing. And the mistake that Kill the Justice League made was you are getting showered with so much stuff. It's it's sensory overload. It's like, yeah, here's some blue, here's some green, here's some this, here's some that, here's some yellow, here's some orange. Now there's pink weapons and there's red weapons and you're like, I don't I don't I don't know what any of the, what what's better? I would just look at the green arrows, right? What they should have done is they should have made a very, very clear break that by the time you got to Brainiac, there's this whole new class of weapon that you're either building or farming or something. And that becomes the thing that really changes your experience. Because a lot of the times, that's what you feel is you get a taste for, oh, purples are dropping now. Oh, exotics can drop now. And now that's the thing you're chasing. So you're still running the same content in Destiny, whether it's, you know, whether it's a strike, a nightfall, a dungeon, or a raid. They're all very similar. You run into a room, you kill ads, you satisfy a mechanic to get to the next room. There's many bosses, majors along the way, okay? So you're doing the same thing, but now there's like this new suite of, of loot that can drop. Well, by the time I got to Brainiac, I had been so overwhelmed with loot. I was like, I, I have great loot. Apparently, there's nothing beyond the loot that I have. I think that, I think, again, it was sensory overload. I think it was way too many tiers and colors. I think you should always simplify it. I think the first, the first 30% of your game, you should be getting blues. And then the, the middle chunk, you should be getting purples. And then the back half, you should be getting yellows. And then as you roll over into the end game, there's this there's this whole new class that you've not seen before. You don't unlock master weapons until the late game though, which is where the real grind begins. But again, the problem is Rogue Necro, it's sensory overload. I didn't look into any of that. Do you want to know why? I was constantly getting showered with weapons. I'd compare them, I'd have something that's stronger, and because they were largely homogenized, I was just like it it didn't draw my attention it just didn't it was like i don't care i you're always giving me good stuff i always have good loot you, they they did i i'm telling you this is just my opinion they did not hand you off to the end game very well at all they overwhelm you it's too much and the lead up is similar mechanics similar fights and i'm using the same weapons i've been using So to you, that means your expectations were unrealistic within the genre you know you full know about? What do you mean? I've played plenty of looter shooters and live service games. It's quite literally... I would consider it to be one of my areas of expertise. So 
my expectations were not unrealistic. It's not unrealistic to expect a live service game to adequately hand me off and incentivize my engagement with the end game, and I don't feel like they did that. At least you see the loot is trash. No, I'm not co-signing that the loot is trash. Your insistence on getting agreement from me on your opinion is weird. Have a discussion. Don't seek affirmation from strangers. Like, I don't need to affirm your opinion. I'm not affirming your opinion that the loot is trash. You you lack nuance. I I, I don't do that in discussions. I don't say, it's trash. No, I've gone into detail as to why the loot system needs improvement as to what they could do to make the loot system better. I've not once said anything to indicate that the loot is trash or that the loot system is trash. Borderlands didn't do that either. Borderlands wasn't a live service game. Borderlands was a linear loop game where you play and then you play through it again. They mimicked the Diablo format of like, now it's time for playthrough 2. Now it's time for playthrough 2.5. And then with Digistruct Peak, they did the OP weapons. They introduced a whole new threshold of potential uh, power, but it was still just a spiral staircase. You were just getting stronger to get stronger to get stronger to get stronger. I have them weapons. It's called Bane Gear and Synergies. Right. I'm telling you they didn't do a good job of handing people off into that. Why? Because the weapons all feel homogenized and you didn't utilize any of it in the game. There should have been a turning point. The final 10% of the game should have forced you through gameplay that introduced like a whole new depth of weapons for the characters themselves. Like I think, again, I think King Shark needs his own armory of weapons that really make him feel like his own. Because what you see, this is the trick that would have worked so well is that if up to that point you largely felt like the characters and the guns weren't all that distinct, and then all of a sudden they flip this corner on you, and you're like, oh, now King Shark has his own arsenal. Now there's all this depth, and there's all these different things I can do with the weapons, and I have to do this to fight Brainiac because there's new mechanics, there's new enemies, there's new whatever, but they don't do that. The final 10% of the game is you fighting the same enemies you've been fighting, the same mechanics, the same events, and then when you fight Brainiac, they couldn't even be bothered to come up with a new fight. It was the mechanics from the Flash fight. So that's the window of time where you're supposed to like change stuff up and make it feel like, oh... I'm just now kind of getting to the end game. I'm just kind of getting to the real grind. Generally speaking, that's what the end game is supposed to feel like. It's like, oh, this is the real grind. All of that was just sort of the preamble. They were just kind of setting the table. This is the meal. They kind of set the table, set the table, and then just kind of kept setting the table. So when the credits rolled, I was like, I'm good. I, that was that was a fine experience. I that was okay. The the totality of the game was a fine experience. I didn't think the ending was very good. The story ending was cool. The gameplay ending was not. 
I actually thought this, the story ending was was totally cool. I liked how they set that up. That was intriguing. I was like, oh, okay, this is how they're setting up the longevity of the game. That's pretty neat. Gameplay-wise, I, I felt like they did a very poor job of establishing the end game. And I think that's a problem. I was enjoying the game. I like looter shooters. And they didn't convince me to keep going. I just can't. I understand your time is limited, but come on. Blue, gold, yellow, pink, green. You've done it before. Yeah, I have. And I criticize Destiny for their lack of usage of greens and blues I always said that greens and blues should have stayed in the game a lot longer in Destiny I don't feel like they got a lot of capital out of their loot pools in that game if you go back well you can't go back to my coverage on it but that's that was something I commonly said and I said something similar about kill the Justice League I think you're having a hard time hearing what I'm saying you're, you're, you're attempting to create a narrative here that I didn't understand the loot systems no the loot system was very very overwhelming in that like every time you ended something you got a new weapon a lot of the times it was better the colors kept going up and by the time I got to the end I did not feel like my really awesome yellow or pink or red gun was all that much different than the guns I started the game with they were too homogenized and what I'm saying they should have done is they should have gone the route of creating depth within the actual character Instead of, see, what they're doing is they're just doing the classic, like, and now we have another color of loot. And now we have another color of loot. And it's like, okay, the characters are what you need to create depth with. You want King Shark to feel like he has depth as a character. Instead, he's just a meat puppet that can run around jump and slam and he's using the same style of weapons and a lot of the same perks that everybody else is using and that's the issue so let's take Borderlands 2 as an example there are not class specific weapons in Borderlands 2 but Salvador is going to play vastly different than like a Cataclysm Maya right Gun zerking, Maya, you build in these different skill trees and your weapons end up sort of converging with your abilities in a way where you play in very different ways. So it's very skill based. It's very skill tree based. It's very, you, you go into a certain skill tree and you get your capstone. That's how Borderlands does it. And the issue with Kill the Justice League is the skills, the skill trees they feed into the weapons but the weapons are not a great catalyst for that because the weapons feel very homogenized so it's not like King Shark is like a gun zerker where you're going to use completely different weapons and grenades and all this stuff with his skills because his skills and his abilities pulling out two weapons, recharging all the different things that goes into a gun zerker build versus like a Maya build those don't always just directly interact with the weapons. They interact with the way the character moves and stays alive and doles out damage. And since the skills are largely linked to your guns in Kill the Justice League, what you'd have to do is create like this loop back of these guns, this armory, are specifically made for this character. Lona was saying the Bane weapon should have happened before you beat the game. Yes. Yeah. They should have made you go through that. 
They should have been a requirement to beat Brainiac. There should have been entirely new mechanics leading up to Brainiac. There should have been new mechanics in the Brainiac fight. And the Bane weapon should have all been related to that. Why? Because that would have all felt so brand new and fresh, and it would have been like, I want to do more of this. I've not done this before. Yo, what's good, Marcus? That's not what happened. I ended the game doing the exact same thing I had been doing for 26 hours. Same enemies. Same mechanics. Literally, the mechanics from the very first fight of the game, Flash. Like, I... I don't know. Maybe I'm doing a bad job communicating it, or maybe people are just like, oh, it's good, you gotta get to the end game. I'm not debating whether or not the end game's good, I'm saying the handoff to the end game was poor. The hand the handoff to the end game was poor. And if your live service can't if your live service game can't do that, and another live service game comes out and it's fun and people are playing it. That, that's a huge challenge. That's a huge challenge. Because a game like this is going to live and it's going to die on players coming back and players spending money. And if a bunch of people rolled credits and they felt the way that I felt, then this, this game's going to have a short shelf life. That's why I feel like early reports on the game were so down on it. Well, I theorized that the final score of a lot of reviews, it feels almost dislodged from a lot of what they say. Like, you'll read a review, and there's like, they say all this good stuff. And they talk about the game, and, 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 and it's all it all feels very, very good. Nothing great, nothing, no excellence in grandstanding, just like... They're saying good things. They're saying nice things. And then they're like, eh, 5 out of 10. 6 out of 10. You're like, whoa, what? I'm telling you, it's the final 10% of the game. I'm I'm telling you. That that lead up to Brainiac and the Brainiac fight made everybody go, ah. It it plummeted all the scores. I'm telling you that's what happened. Because that's what happened to me. I was like, we we've been doing all this for that. That's that's the end. That's what we did. That's what we did. That's why we would read the reviews and we would listen to the reviews and we're like, everybody's talking about this game like it's a pretty decent game, and then they're giving it a score lower or the same as Redfall. And I was like, what the huh? How's that even po- How's it even possible? <laughs> Red Red Redfall was terrible. It was an embarrassment. You got the CEO of Xbox apologizing for Redfall. That's how bad it was. And Suicide Squad killed the Justice League got similar scores to that game? Well, I rolled credits and I was like, uh-huh. I, I figured it out. I figured out what happened. Didn't help that it was 10 to 15 hours of like four to five different mission types, no variety. Um... That was something that SkillUp brought up that I thought was pretty fair, was that he's like, you don't actually move the story forward with what feel like story missions. You move the story forward with what feel like public events. 
and they're all very similar. I thought that was a fair criticism, but I also thought it was very smart from a live service perspective for them to do what they did. But again, I thought that thinking the end game, the elsewheres, the the depth, the new stuff's going to be there. And they don't introduce you to it. It's like you have to roll credits on a game by killing a boss, doing the exact same mechanics from the very first boss fight, and leading up to him, you're fighting all these people in this area, like it's, and you're doing, it's all the same enemies, it's all the same mechanics of everything you've done up to this point. There's nothing new at that point. That doesn't make for a compelling invitation to continue. I think, I'm telling you, that's my concern with this game, is a ton of people... 35% of the users completed this game. They checked that box, and I think they just noped right out of the game. They were like, "That's I'm good with that. I don't need any more of that. Because you don't whet their appetite with anything. You don't. You don't. You don't whet their appetite with anything new. It's, It's... If I suddenly was in encounters and fights that had suddenly a bunch of new enemies and new mechanics and I had these new weapons that I was having to build, grind for, and utilize, then I would have said, ooh, I want to see where this goes. It would have it would have wet my appetite. Instead of I just felt like I closed the book on a on a on a on a pretty decent story and pretty decent game and that was kind of the end. 35% remember Justice League early access players have already run into a strange bug which gives them automatic story completion. That was quite literally only that one day. They shut it, they shut the servers down immediately. I can't think it was the number third most sold game in January, Paul. If you think that number of people that got that bug is why that number is where it is, I think you're being willfully ignorant. I think you know that that's not realistically why that number is where it is. They they they, pra- they shut down the servers almost immediately when that was happening, and that's why everybody was so angry. They couldn't freaking play that first day, and the number of people that are trying to play that many days before the game releases, I just don't think it's a quantifiable number of people. That oh wow, it's so high because people got a bug that gave them the the trophy. I don't I don't think so. Tori with twenty three months, do you think? They should have delayed the game closer to season one launch. No, because and thank you for twenty three months. I the, the the challenge with the challenge with saying that they should have had the game be closer to um, the first season. I think the challenge with that is you want folks to have time in the game. Like, if the game comes out and, like, two weeks later, they're like, season one and the Joker and stories, and you're like, what the heck? It almost would feel too fast. You have to kind of give the the game breathing room and then say, all right, everybody come back. You know, one month? I don't think that's that. I don't think that's too far. I don't think that's too far. It's not like they're making you wait, like, six months or something. People got banned for being accused of cheating. What? People got banned? I never saw that. From this game? Or are you talking about a different game? It was not the third most sold game in January. That list you're looking at doesn't have Power World on it.
Power World released on January the 19th. Yeah, why is Power World not on that list? Oh, this is PlayStation. Well, there were two reports. There were physical and full game digital uh, purchases for both PlayStation and Xbox. Do can you even buy the game on Xbox? That's why these reports don't have Power World, homie. They're looking at physical and digital console downloads. So if you're looking, yeah, if you're looking at the actual all all games and all downloads, then yeah, Power World would have been, I would assume it would have been number one given how well it sold on Steam. But the reports we were looking at was it was the third most sold game on consoles because there's no way Power World charted on Xbox for de- for purchases. Everybody was just probably playing it on everybody was probably just playing it on Game Pass. Early access may not have counted. Power World was on the list. It should be number one. Okay, but what you're saying has no bearing on the discussion because that would just bump everything down by one. Who cares? that still would have killed the Justice League in the top five. It would be in fourth place at that point. It would still be in the top five games sold in January, regardless of Power World taking the number one spot. It, you would say, this game, and again, it didn't have a lot of competition. It also, Kill the Justice League didn't even launch in January. It launched on February the 2nd. So we would want to see where it moves in rank in February, because it's probably going to drop. But by how much would be the question. Tyler Wynn, welcome back. If you guys are paying for your own membership, Tyler, I'm not sure if you are or not. You may just be celebrating a gifted. Make sure you guys have bumped up to the $6 member tier. $5 tier is now reserved for gifteds, which by the way, every 25, I give five back and you guys crushed it on Friday night. We got i gave you the stream anyway we were like 35 members short of 3000 and you guys turned out in force on friday night and you got us well past 3000 currently we are sitting at 2924 and we could set a goal for 3500 i cannot do a friday night stream this week i am i mean i am having to take friday night off this week so what we could do is, is we could set a goal for 3500 before the end of February and then we could do something on the 8th of March. I think we were talking about maybe doing a uh, a Helldivers stream where a creature has to show up for 3500. <clears throat> Not arguing against how successful the Suicide Squad is, just saying Power World in terms of sales should be number one. Right, the only reason we referenced the sales charts was to say... It did decent on the sales charts, but according to Warner Brothers, they said it fell below expectations. I wasn't trying to say, and I made this very clear in my monologue, I was not trying to say, oh, this game did great. I was saying, even in the number three spot for January, it it, it fell below expectations for Warner Brothers, because I think they expected this thing to be close to number one. Well, maybe not. They would. It wouldn't have outsold Power World, but they expected it to be a lot higher because it's DC property. You know, they 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 expect their their property to do well, and I, I they said they're looking at a tough year um, with year on year comparisons. But it's like you were always going to be behind last year if you're doing year on year comparisons. You launched Mortal Kombat One and Hogwarts Legacy last year. 
kill the justice league was never going to stand a chance to sell as much as those title those two titles combined it was never going to stand a chance against hogwarts early access doesn't equal sales you can buy it on xbox okay you can buy it for 26.99 with game pass or 29.99 without game pass I would hazard a guess that it didn't chart uh, sales-wise on Xbox because most people were probably just playing it on Game Pass. You can't even trade it to GameStop. It's not eligible. You can't trade Kill the Justice League in? What do you mean? They They won't let you trade it in? How can we see Steam refunds? Oh, I forget. You you can check that, can't you? I thought you could go and check where it is. You can check when the when the good and bad reviews came in. You can get like a chart. I thought there was also a chart you could find somewhere that showed refunds. Or it's not refund requests, isn't it? Help ticket requests, and people assume that most of them are refunds if they show up in the first forty eight hours. Um, unless of course that people are filling out help tickets because they have genuine problems. But the vast majority of Steam users submitting tickets within the launch week of a game are probably submitting the the refund request ticket. On the website, it says not eligible for trade-in. Is that normal? Do they have windows of time when a game's not eligible? Or do they pick some games and just say, no, they're not eligible? I've not traded in a game... Uh, in a really long time, so I'm I'm unfamiliar with how it works. Is that abnormal to be like, no, yeah, it's not eligible? You would think that they you would think that they would want to do trade in on it, because they could give you you know peanuts, you know twenty bucks, fifteen bucks. And they could turn around and sell it for thirty or forty bucks, and people would come in and probably buy it for that much. It's 33 for Kill the Justice League. It can be traded in. Yeah, I was like, you'd think that they would want to let people trade it in. There's probably demand for used copies of that game because a lot of people don't think it's worth the full ticket price, uh, the full retail price. Yeah, you would think they would still trade it in, even if for a small amount of money. Hey, somebody else ordered some coffee. Thank you so much, Raijin, for ordering three bags of dark roast. I appreciate it very, very much. And guys, I am doing a second show today. In about 30 minutes, I'm going to be sitting down with Kirk from What's New Video Games, and we're going to be discussing, are exclusives bad? Exclusive games are bad, they're anti-consumer, that whole dialogue has gotten a new resurgence over the weekend, and we're going to be talking about it. Okay, you can trade it in. I have a screenshot right now. You can trade it in for $33 in store credit, or $23 cash. So, that was that's a false story. I don't know who's saying that, or maybe your website's glitched, or maybe your region's glitched. I don't know. Krayos! comes in with a 10 bomb of gifted members getting us right back up into the 3,000 members 3,005 members total thanks to Krayos if you guys can get to 3,500 members before the end of February 
Creature has to join me on a Friday night stream, and that'll be next week. So if you guys want to push hard this week and try to hit that goal, that'd be an amazing end to February. You were looking at the deluxe. Oh, you were looking at the deluxe. Yeah, sometimes they don't they don't they don't offer trade-in on that because you can't trade all of the stuff. I don't think they can like resell some of the stuff that you get, right? Because doesn't the deluxe just come with digital codes that then you could then download that then they could not resell? They would only be able to give you the trade-in on the They would probably let you trade in your deluxe for the 33, but they just wouldn't pay you any extra because they can't utilize any of the stuff because the the codes are usually redeemed. That would be my assumption on what they're doing. Creature did not agree to this. That was last month. That was not last month. That was last week. Did you did you just wake up from a coma? That was last week. We're still in February. There's three, there's three or four days left in the month. What are you talking about? Alejandro with a 10 spot says, would you recommend getting killed the Justice League when all the post-launch content comes out? It seems at the moment when you beat the main campaign, side missions aren't very special or worth doing. If you like grinding, you know, you can go check out 30 and still gaming 30 NSG. And he's covered a lot of the endgame grind. And if that's the case, then, you know, if you watch that and think it's good, you can, you, there's tons of game right now to play. Like, there's a lot to do in the game. February's over? No, it's not. No, it's not over. What do you mean? We're in a leap year, you dolts. The, the month goes until Thursday. Fr- Friday is March. What do you mean it's over? We practically have a whole work week left in February. <laughs> it's yeah, February's over. <laughs> yeah, it goes until Thursday. Um, I'm gonna give it two or three seasons, then I'll scoop it up on a Steam sale. Well, I actually think that's that's fair. Honestly, if you wait for the seasons to be in there. You'll, you'll get a lot of content and probably for less money. It's over. It's over. Are you guys like memeing? Why are you saying it's over? Just last week, we got incredibly close to the goal by Thursday. What, what, what are you talking about? Don't do this reverse psychology thing. It's unbecoming. Okay. They have until Thursday to hit 3,500. I'm not, I'm not entertaining this, this nonsense of like trying to act like it's over and there's no chance. No, stop it. It's that's enough. As of today, my wishlist on Xbox has been completely deleted. Yeah. I don't know why the people are reporting that they're like Xbox is clearing out people's wishlists. I, I don't understand it, but how would that even happen? And why? The game needs a fix so that the loading metropolis isn't a dead end to gameplay anymore. Before the update, we didn't have to deal with it. I enjoyed the game before this problem came up. Wait, what problem is this? A dead end to gameplay? Loading metropolis? What's this bug he's describing? Y'all using the Mayan calendar? No, they're they're being they're being ornery.
<laughs> praise the sun. They have wishlist on Xbox. Yeah, I've wishlisted a couple games on there, and then I get emails when they go on sale or whatever. All right, we're gonna spend the last thirty minutes doing a members-only gaming. Ask me anything. Uh, we do this as a way to let you kind of sample what members-only content is like. So right now, only members can chat. We only do this for 30 minutes. This is a great time to gift members. This is a great time to become a member. We are 10 away from the goal, and then I'll give five. We'll pull some people in. Then we're going to go hang out with Kirk from What's New Video Games, and we're going to discuss our exclusive games or console exclusive games. Are they anti-consumer? Are they bad? But right now, you guys can ask me any gaming-related questions. We can sort of leave the subject behind uh, unless you've got questions about Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. I feel like we did the topic justice, you know, asking, was I wrong? Does the game have a shot? I made my criticisms of where I feel like the game fell short, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they can turn things around with the seasonal content. Don't they have to have games in order for people to wishlist them? Oh, that's mean. Stop. <laughs> Come on, man. There's no reason to be unkind. They have games. They have a, they have a couple. You know? It's like when you do a few missions and you try to proceed, instead of it saying, I'm ready, it will continue to say loading Metropolis and it won't stop until you quit. You then have to start over. So they've literally instituted a bug into the game. Um... What is, so did Matt Piscatella respond to me or Wooly? Um, oh, he says, hi. My opinion is that the industry has done a great job encouraging the idea with consumers that exclusives are great for them. And it sure has. He says, Wooly says, now respond to Reforge's point because all you've done here is repeat yourself without any acknowledgement of all the substantial benefits of developers exclusivity brings. Matt says, of course, exclusives have benefits to devs manufacturers and pubs but games aren't better just because they're exclusive if that were the case more exclusives would be great it's about the time money and talent invested associated benefits of exclusivity here go to the companies well he says don't get me wrong there's a specific demographic of lunatic fanboys who value exclusives solely for bragging rights because they're exclusive so i hear you but there are a lot who don't they value exclusives because they are curated special specifically for the hardware matt says but there are also many multi-platform games that shine just as brightly. The exclusivity isn't what makes some games great. It's the allocation of talent and resources. Exclusivity can make that easier or cheaper in some cases, but that's to the company's benefit. Right, and I think what Matt keeps missing in that equation is that if it benefits the company, that in turn benefits the consumer because the market gets the game faster and better optimized. Like That's a value transmission to my value system. My value system says if the game can come to market faster and better optimized, I want that more than I want the game to be everywhere because I know if the game goes everywhere, it comes to market slower and often with more problems and more compromises. So I lean toward exclusivity because of what it does for the company, which what that in then therefore does for me. That's what we're going to be discussing with Kirk in about 30 minutes. So I'm happy to see Matt respond because I was like Matt I was like not everybody is all about exclusives because we're rabid fanboys it's because Nintendo and PlayStation have proven the concept to me over the years that their stuff is good like they made it for their platform and it's good they didn't brainwash me they sold me a product so 
Doom Slayer was 17 months. Suicide Squad's what happened when you force a single-player studio to make a live service. Helldivers 2 is the type of live service game gamers want. I do not think that they were forced to do this. I reject that notion. There were way too many people that were formerly at Rocksteady and currently at Rocksteady defending this game on social media, tweeting about it and saying, this is the game we wanted to make. We were excited to make this. I firmly disagree with this theory that they were like forced to do that. I think you're rejecting the the dev's own commentary on the game. Like you're speaking for them and they don't need you to. They've already spoken and said that this is the game they wanted to make. Eighty-five degree weather doesn't happen here in February. Thus, February must be over. Don't believe the calendar manufacturers. They have incentives to ensure their calendars are accurate. <laughs> Shut up, Eugene. Marcus says, "Do you think Borderlands Four comes out this year with all the hoopla about the movie?" No, they'll announce Borderlands Four. I would assume that Borderlands Four is. Let's see here. Borderlands Three release date twenty nineteen. Yeah, next year. Yeah. Luke Stevens covered in a great video. I wasn't aware either. Apparently there's a bunch of new bugs after the update. I saw people saying that they had recently done an update to kill the Justice League that actually made the game worse. And I was like, come on, guys. Guys, could we get 37 more likes on the video? Let's set our sights on 300 likes. We need 10 more gifteds. I'll drop a five. This is the perfect time of day to gift members because we're at the tail end of the opening stream. We get to pull people into the members only AMA right now that we're doing. Chat is currently set to members only. So you can pull them in. They can ask anything about gaming. We're getting lots of different questions right now. They've been ramping up the marketing for it. Yeah, I think they announced Borderlands 4 and then it comes out next year. Yeah. No Rest for the Wicked looks wild. It looks really fun. Like, way more Souls-like than I expected. So, I am really enjoying uh, Death's Door. Sometimes I sit down and I only have, like, 45 minutes or an hour to game, and I don't want to try to, like, get in the Discord, ping people, and do some Helldivers. Like, I'm still loving Helldivers, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, I just want to play something else right now. And I've been working my way through Death's Door. Um because I feel like I missed out on that title that was a backlog title that I can kind of piecemeal that game is fantastic it is such a good game just absolutely loving it the combat just feels tight it feels good like when you fail and you die like you know why you got greedy you made a mistake the only thing that I wish I could have improved a little bit on was the targeting swing you just swing past the enemy and you'll fall into the water or you'll just completely miss and you'll get hit that's probably the only thing that I feel like they could have made the combat a little bit more maybe just let me target an enemy because I think you can do that in Tunic if I could have targeted enemies it would have helped with some of that that's my only issue like other than that I think the combat is really tight and it just feels excellent like you nine times out of ten you're like oh I died because I got greedy or or I made a mistake sometimes it's like it's like you, you, he has a forward momentum with his swing, so you'll kind of go through the enemy and pass them, and it's like you don't really have control over that. Rumor is that Borderlands 4 is releasing this year along with the film. I mean, that would give them roughly five years if after Borderlands 3, they got people to start working on Borderlands 4. I would hope that if they did that, they were largely taking input from Borderlands 3 because... They made Borderlands 3 for a bunch... 
I had to stop myself there. They made Borderlands 3 for a bunch of streamers that abandoned the game once they weren't being paid to play it. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. Did we have a blip? I think we must have had a blip. We just jumped in viewers by like 60. That's normally not how it works. Um, if there was a blip and a bunch of you had to refresh, I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah. We're going to be shifting gears in about 20 minutes. In about 20 minutes, let's get 25 more likes. Let's get 10 more gifteds, and I'll drop a five. And we're going to be talking with Kirk about exclusives. Melrose Mike says, at 37 months in a VIP, three years and counting. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Um, Please do not have... Oh, Maya's understudy is a playable. Oh, that'd be, yeah, she's kind of annoying. Are you still playing Banishers? I'm having a blast with it. I really liked Banishers, but I don't have time for it. It's an, it's such a, such a slow game um, that I just was like, that's another one that I just, do, I can't finish. I don't have enough time. I just don't. It's like Helldivers came out. I've put close to 40 hours into Helldivers. Um... I got 26 out of Kill the Justice League. My son and I are playing through the Skywalker saga. There it is! Detective Seeds is like, I'll do it all by myself. And he lands the plane. 25 out of 25. Thank you so much. Detective Seeds. We're dropping 10 members on the chat. I owe you guys five. If you guys get a bunch of gifteds right now, that means that you can come in to the chat right now and we're doing a gaming AMA so welcome as a member you get to sample members only content and the members only discord you get access to for an entire month so welcome on in <clears throat> Banishers was great yeah I did a review with Kirk and I, I, I feel like it was a good game I feel like for the studio size it was very quality it was very creative there were, you know, there were some issues I had with performance. It, it felt like there was some memory leaking going on the longer you play. And there it is, Alejandro is the agent of chaos, and he pushes us past 25. You guys are always maniacs, waiting. You guys always wait, and then you start dogpiling onto the end, and Predator does one too, but you missed Agents of Chaos by a few seconds. 27 members on the day. Thank you so much, you two. Good to see you, Detective Seeds. I pick up banishers for your birthday. I would like to see them do some patches to make the performance smoother. Like I said, there was a memory leak or something. The longer I played, the game would get really bad. And if I restarted it, then it, it smoothed out. A lot of frame issues. Um, I would get hitches and frame drops and frame stutters in combat, which would be kind of frustrating because sometimes the combat's like really it's it's tough. You you can you can you can get taken to the cleaners by the enemies. So what is something that I would like to see added in Helldivers 2? Um, obviously, you know, new planets, biomes, and enemies uh, I think would be great. That I think if you did that, then you could add a new arsenal of weapons that would be required for those enemies. Brand new stratagems that would be required for those enemies. Um, I think that'd be great. I would love to see them do raid-style content where... Instead of just dropping you on a planet and it's way harder and there's tons of enemies and it's insane and, you know, if you've seen the extreme footage and the harder difficulty footage, I think that's all well and good. I find that to be less interesting than mechanically driven or mechanically precise encounters that are really challenging. 
like if you think of like how destiny raids work a destiny raid is not like a grandmaster nightfall i hated grandmaster nightfalls but i loved raids and i loved dungeons why because it was about a mixture of challenging enemies encounters and bosses with precise mechanics and i love that i think that's more satisfying than everything is strong and takes a long time to die I, I don't find that kind of gameplay to be enjoyable um, I am more of the opinion that difficulty mingled with mechanics allows developers to get more creative and to do things that don't just stress the player out with oh my gosh we die so fast and they die so slowly I think it creates a better convergence of yes it's tough yes the enemies are strong but it's, it's mixed with mechanics. So stand here, flip this switch, put in this code, all while chaos is going on. Like, I could see raid boss fights in that game where, imagine you're, like, you're fighting, you know, let, let's call it uh, an ultra bile titan or something. And it's huge. I mean, it's huge. Bigger than the, bigger than the normals. And you're sort of going in a circle around the bile titan, and you're putting in codes to put up shields to protect you, to put in another code to get this crazy weapon, and you line up the crazy weapon, and everybody has to converge their fire, open up a weak point, and then that weapon blasts the Bile Titan, and its leg falls off, and now it's kind of limping, right? And you're kind of moving around the arena. What you're doing is is you're creating like mechanically precise things that you have to do as a group while also surviving ads and enemies and attacks from the boss that kind of stuff I think is just so satisfying it's so satisfying throwing me into an encounter where everything's strong I'm really weak and there's enemies everywhere I think that's fun sometimes but it kind of just feels like a stressful meat grinder I always preferred the raids and the dungeons in Destiny over the Grandmaster Nightfalls because I don't think just making everything strong and making you weak, I don't think is an expression of difficulty that leaves a lot of room for skill expression. It's just hide, stay back, and slow walk it. Like, that's how so many of the Grandmaster Nightfall play gameplay looked when people played them. And I don't think that leaves a lot of room for skill expression, creativity. There's no hero moments. It's just you're slowly trying to not get one shot by certain enemies you you know like i think there's room for both types i think some people just absolutely love being put through the stressful meat grinder i don't i prefer the mechanical intersection of you know this is difficult and the enemies are strong but you gotta flip this switch stand on this plate throw this thing launch that get this and you're doing this all while you're maintaining your your strength against the trash ads and the boss. I, I love that. I think that's good gameplay. And I would love to see Helldivers do something like that. Hitman with a five spot. Yellow no Helldivers is awesome, but the end game I feel needs a hook. It's a blast to play, but I think they need to flesh out more reasons to explore. And Alejandro with a five spot says, since they're adding mechs to Helldivers 2, what other vehicles or weapons would you love to see in the game? For me, it would be ship battles in space. I don't see a reason to do any ship battles in space. That's a complete identity shift that doesn't make any sense. I don't think they need to do that at all. I'm not trying to shoot your idea down, but I think 
games like this need to stay in their lane and people always want to slam something in there that doesn't belong like oh ship battles no this is not a ship battle dogfight game oh pvp no that th- th- this is not that kind of game i think you add new enemy types stratagems arsenals of weapons planets biomes and if you're adding like you're saying max you could add you know tanks you could add like a dune like a dune buggy with a mounted gun um you could add motorcycles you could add like almost like speeders that like hover over the ground um there's a lot they could do um it'd be really fun for them to add something that like you're like almost like a speeder that you're riding and then you jump off of it and it's like it turns into a rocket and like heads towards something and it blows up like that would be right in line with the like the idiocy of the game because you're like, nah! and you just drive it into something, or you can try and jump off. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, and I think vehicles could allow them to add some of that difficulty and some of that mechanical precision of, hey, you get on the dune buggy, you go all the way around to the other side of this fight, and you got to flip that switch, and we're going to stay over here. Like That could allow them to really create those tension points where you as the player are trying to manage it all, and then you feel really satisfied when you beat it. Definitely no PvP. It would still be PvE just for supplies against whatever enemy they make. I, I just, I don't know. People always wanted ship battles in, uh, in Destiny. And I just don't know why. Like, when you make a game that appeals to a certain player type, this is appealing to people who like shooters. It's a, it's a third-person, knock-around, fun, you know, throw back some beers with your buddies video game. And to suddenly have ship battles, I would really worry that the development time that would go into ship battles would be a complete and utter waste because the lion's share of the community would be like, I don't want to do ship battles. I want to be on boots on the ground throwing stratagems. I want to be, you know, shooting my gun and dropping a barrage or a turret. It's just such a shift I don't think that it would... It, the development time would look like a waste. It'd be like, well, the player base isn't even engaging with this content. You know, at least not in large numbers. It's too much of a giant pivot. Flip it around, right, Alejandro? Flip it around. Imagine games that are all about ship battles and dogfights suddenly having boots on the ground missions. The dev time that would go into that would also, I think, feel wasted because the people that kind of clamor to the dogfight ship battle games would be like, why, why are we doing boots on the ground? Like, it would be, it, I think it would be, like, confusing to them. Like, this is such a shift. I don't have any interest in this. You kind of want to stay... The reason Helldivers 2 is so good is because they they pick the lane and they just stay in it. It's just this goofy, silly, explosive third-person shooter. Like it's not it's not trying to be a bunch of different things. It really isn't. And I think that's part of the key uh to its success. The number of people playing Assassin's Creed Black Flag has risen 200% on Steam after the release of Skull and Bones. No one's shocked. Black Flag is a superior game. Don't at me. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a boat, Kirk. I know you're probably lurking in chat. He and I are doing a show in 10 minutes. Nobody wants to be a boat, Kirk. <laughs> Alejandro says, that's a good point. It takes away from the gold they're already cooking with. Th- yeah, that's right. Like, 
I think what you're doing is is you're doing that thing where we get so excited and jazzed about a game. We're like, and then we could do this, and they could do this, and then we could do this. And you're just going a little too far. It's like rain that in a little bit. We want to keep it on, keep it on the ground. You know, that's where the, that's where the magic's happening with hell divers. <laughs> hell divers is a throwback to '80s gamers. My dad does. He won't stop talking about it. Really frustrating. Wait, what's your dad doing, Loma? What's he playing? I wonder how Helldivers 2 would become once they add vehicles in the game. I spent 55 hours as a boat. There he is! I knew you were in chat, Kirk. I knew it. <laughs> He's like, I spent 55 hours as a boat. I'm I'm happy for you, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you got to live out your fantasy of, you know, when you were a little boy and people were in class and were like, I want to be an astronaut. And somebody's like, I want to be a cowboy and Kirk's like I want to get into the legal field and you know cosplay as a boat in a video game (laughs) I want to hump trees as a boat you know it's a real specific thing that I just I want to (laughs) do any chance of you co-streaming this um this Friday at no no I won't be able to do that I'm interested though, Lone Wolf. Hitman with 29 months of membership. I quit Destiny last May, Lono, and man, best move ever. The sheer amount of gaming I do now is incredible. So many good games out and coming. Yeah, I missed out on a lot of great games. I missed out on a lot, uh, a lot of great experiences um, because of Destiny. You know, you know when you're when you're streaming and creating content in one game, it uh, it just takes it just takes over. You know. It just takes over and that's just, that's just, that's, I don't, I don't regret it. I don't, I have no regrets about, you know, doing what I did with destiny because I wouldn't be sitting here right now. If I wouldn't have done, excuse me, if I wouldn't have done that, you know, I wouldn't have honed the craft of a talk show and Q and a and topical discussions and, you know, and minimizing gameplay being the focus of a stream if you want to watch a gameplay stream, there's thousands of them, right? You know, I've had people say that, like, oh, you don't do enough gameplay on your gaming channel. It's like, well, we do gameplay when something new comes out, but in general, if you want gameplay, I can't offer you better gameplay than the pros and the people that speed run or the people that have established brands of completionist runs like, you know, Co-Carnage and others where they play through the entire game. And... You know, I can't offer that. That I don't. That's not a. That's not a product that is in short supply. Right? There's there's tons of people doing that. I think that's why people get frustrated at their lack of success in streaming because they think, well, oh, all these people are streaming gameplay and they're successful. I can do that too. And it's like, n- no, you'll be. It'll be rare to see breakout gameplay streamers. I think you would need to do. You need a hook or a character or. I still think there's a lot of potential for characters to emerge to interact with Doc Disrespect, but I think the problem is is people shoot down characters instead of seeing it as we could have our own roster of like WWE style characters in the streaming space all interacting together. You know, Doc would obviously be like the household name that kind of started it all, but people tend to... um, just they call that like oh you're you know it's knockoff doc disrespect. I think there's a huge avenue there uh, that could work really really well, but I think it's difficult. I think it's very very difficult to 
get in. You got to have people that want to create a character and stick with it and do it. But you also have to be able to push through all the like the hate and all of the comparisons and the attacks of like you're just copying Doc or you're just you know you're just budget Doc. It's like, well, no, you would want to see characters like that flourish because then it would create uh, a space for collaborative, cooperative content that. I think more spectacle-driven content, more curated content. You know, we're seeing a lot of these guys do game shows and they really plan it all and they get like a studio space. I think that's, there's there's magic there. There's there's something there that we want, I, I want to see more of. I really, really do. Um, so. But I got to set this scene up with uh, with Kurt and then, and then schedule the stream because, uh, We've we've got a great topic that I'm going to be talking about with Kirk. We we've, we've started doing this on Mondays where I sit down with Kirk and either, you know, review a game, cover a game, and then you guys are able to get more content and it frees me up on Sunday to just focus. Oh, that's terrible. Um it frees me up on Sunday to just do a monologue and not Kirk, we we've, we've started doing Oh, I hear myself. Hang on. Sound? Right. Well, I could hear my stream, so I muted you. Now I can hear you. Okay. It was like it was like looping everything back. You uh, got you got me good with the uh, when I was a little boy. That was yeah yeah. Everybody wanted to be something different, and apparently you wanted to be a boat. Dude, the other thing too is like they're doing the Diablo thing, and they're gonna reset everything in like eighty five days. It's like, you're so bold to assume that people are going to come back. Like, you're going to lose everybody overnight. Oh, what they're, so they're going to do, like, a seasonal reset? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You I already can... tweeted to them. I was like, don't do this. Like, You're really zoomed in today. Is, it, is your camera normally that close to you? I It looks zoomed. It looks more zoomed out than normal for me, so I can just ignore that i guess okay, well i tell you what give me more head can you angle down i don't have any i don't have any room i don't have any uh, headroom to crop because i don't want i don't want you to be like yeah that'll help because I, I had you I just, so zoomed in on the crop it just looks weird on my end but as as long as like i see it on youtube it doesn't look like it looks in discord for me so I was um, able to get a better crop with the the added headroom. Like I had you so zoomed in, it was like yeah, I saw, I saw that. It was a bit, in, it was a bit intense. Like, I mean, people don't want to see my pale white skin. That I mean, I, I don't, I don't mind having a little eye candy on the show, but like, I'm not just trying to shove you in people's yeah. faces, brother. You know, I'm not a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on. Uh, oh, I gotta start creating. Because the crops are going to be different. Yeah, the crops are going to be different. Okay. You were talking about his character. Sketch does a really great character. He's a Madden streamer. And he's just... I don't know. It's its its so funny. He's kind of in that up and coming. I think what we're going to see more of is like not really like the Doc Disrespect characters. Mm-hmm. I think that's like an older generation type of streaming. It'd be cool if we had more of that. But now it's like the young guys like Sketch and Jinxie who they're not really a character they're just kind of like a hyperbolic 
over charismatic version of themselves and i think that people find that like really entertaining especially jinxie okay it's like it's just like not centered but whatever I'm just going to get us some B-roll, too, so while we're talking, MK Fire and Ice has got some good Valhalla. Tassus Creed? Oh, no, no, no. 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 Got him right. Ragnarok. He's like, what? Gotcha. Need your, need your pee break? Yeah, I'm going to once I get this set. Sketch is God tier funny, Harley Gardner. Eric Nine is shirt and tie today. I never wear a tie, Dave. Not on here anyway. I've not worn a tie. That would be a bit much. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna pull out a a button down, but I was like, eh. Yeah. It's more of a lazy well, lazy talk talk day. Like we're we're just well, gonna be bantering. <laughs> we're just gonna be debate lords today, so Yeah, I'll send you a dress code memo later, you know. We'll <laughs> We'll we'll talk about the expectations I have for your attire. I'm just kidding. All right, Mister Black Graphic T. <laughs> it's so Can true. Can you imagine, guys? If he was like, "You need to be here every every Monday with a, a business casual." Okay, I don't want to see you in the same color button down twice. Switch it up. Bow ties once a month. Get real diva. Hey, okay. Uh, let me get another tab. Let's get some. Let's get some Halo. Halo Infinite. Gameplay. I just want some... I just want some gameplay to show. Because we're talking exclusives. Chat stopped moving for me. I don't know if I need to reload it. Okay. And no ginger show today either, so. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Now I need to schedule the stream. What streaming software are you using? You can crop stuff like that? Or do I just suck with OBS? I'm just using OBS. Keep in mind, I've been doing this for... I'm almost at my nine-year anniversary, so, you know. Jesus. Don't, don't hold yourself to, like... Somebody's been doing it for almost a decade. Also, use YouTube. YouTube has some amazing, really straightforward and great guides on like tips and tricks for OBS. Like I use Streamlabs because I'm a little baby. I don't feel like those two things are related, but <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like OBS is like the real streamers tool, and like just like Streamlabs is like training wheels. I mean, I was just so saying also... you're a little. I was just saying you're a little baby, but that doesn't have anything uh -oh. to do with the. <laughs> The fact that you use Streamlabs, I like so subtly got a shot at it and you just kept going. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Widow baby. Yeah. <laughs> Widow baby with my street webs. Have you publicly said how old you are? No. And now that you say that, I think I'm. that's going to be a bit like we're not going to do that. That's why I asked it the way that I yeah, asked yeah. it. Like if you've not said it publicly, then I'm not going to ask you. No, I like people assuming I'm. <laughs> I just assumed you were like. I'm of legal. You're, you're, I'm of legal drinking age. You're like Doogie Hauser, you know. You're 12, you know. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. 
All right, let me set up redirect. Exclusives are bad. And I got a picture of Kratos and uh, Master Chief on the thumbnail. And I got some tweets and things that I'll read during the stream. There's some conversations and some input online. Folks weighing in. Actually, Eugene, were you in my property class? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. He wore button downs filth. and khakis to class, Read I can tell. Sitting in property first semester, just itching to raise his hand, third row, first seat on the left. <laughs> He's out here doxing you, dude. You might as well just say the name of the professor in the school you went to. <laughs> At this point, gee, many Christmas, Eugene. No, I think I think he he doesn't know me at all. That's why it's funny. That's good. That's good cover. That's good. You said that so quickly and naturally. I think they'll they'll buy it. That was good. I just know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Only one person. No, never mind. Nobody has got my age right. In chat. Oh, we got a we got a really good click rate on today's stream. I really wasn't sure going back to Suicide Squad. I was like, ah, people might be like, Lono, shut up about that game. Yeah, are we, can we cover the can we cover the Joker DLC? Because I want to. Oh, when it comes out, that's not like a like I'm not like I'm not gonna hold you to this, but like if there's not like really great news going on, I would like to cover it. I oh no, I planned on covering it and playing it, and then you and I obviously, depending on timing, we could chop it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll be I right. go. Go ahead. I think it might get delayed. They're having a lot of they're having a lot of issues with like bugs and performance right now. People progression. You think they, right. they have the oh, but it might already be done. They might have done the Destiny thing where it's like, yeah, Dark Below totally wasn't finished before they release the game. Like it it's probably ready to go. So never mind. I, I just checked myself. Yeah, I think if they did not... parallel. I think they did parallel development on at least season one. Maybe se- season two is probably already being cooked right now. Would be my guess. But then, if it was ready to go, why didn't you? Why didn't it launch with a battle pass? I don't know. That game should have launched with a battle pass. It's so strange that games are doing that now. Like Skull and Bones comes out tomorrow, the battle pass, which is a week, but still, that's only a week. But that's weird too. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, I'll be right back, guys. You can talk to Kirk, and then we'll we'll sw- we will switch streams. We will redirect. Make sure when we go to the new stream, you guys smash the like button, do all the things, get us to three hundred. How likes nobody's got right my age right yet? Like, there's so many guesses. Okay, so That's I'm seeing uh, That's interesting. 30, I, Dave, you're thirty. I, you are thirty-five. Dave, I do eat Chick-fil-A every Monday because it's easy to eat before I get on the show. I do not eat Chick-fil-A every day, just on Monday before this. Because I don't feel like, I don't know, making food when I'm... Can I go on this in like an hour? How is how is nobody guessing it? All right, guys, <laughs> you're not giving me anything to react to. 
All right, Trill Troll finally got it. At least 176 years. So there you go. You guys can stop guessing. Because I'm a vampire. Speaking of vampire, it's a good game. We said that two weeks ago, but yeah, vampire is a good game. So how are you guys liking Skull and Bones, huh? Did you guys all go out and play that eight-hour trial after I came on and told you it was not as bad as people said? Because I've played, like, 50 hours. Having a grand old time. Do I also have the wrong opinion about Suicide Squad? I didn't watch Lono's segment, honestly. So I don't know. I assume he was saying that he thought it was it had good foundation... And then, he, and then the the headline was was I wrong? So he's saying maybe it doesn't have a good foundation. So I don't know which opinion which opinion you're referring to. But I thought it was wasted potential. I guess I thought Suicide Squad was wasted potential, and I thought they should have doubled down on making it a games as a service game and as good of one as they could, because we've already seen it's very hard to do that with like Anthem failing. And they should have doubled down on making as good of a game as a service game as they could, and then not tried to put the Arkham Story stuff in it. If they were going to do that, like, I'm not saying they should have made a games as a service game. It's just, like, it's so hard to make a good one of those. Don't worry about the other stuff. Like, just make the game good. People are already going to hate that it's not an Arkham game. Jake is reading me for filth right now. I hate you. I was hoping nobody would notice. Kirk, Skull and Bones, honest opinion for it. Mar Mar Marquez? Sorry if I'm not saying that right. Um, we did an hour where... Uh, that's, that's on the channel. If you just type in Skull and Bone Re Reforge on YouTube, you'll find it. We did an hour where Lono was grilling me about liking Skull and Bones. And I, I talked about it being kind of good for an hour. So, yeah. I, I think it's it's not as good as it should have been, but I'm also glad that it's out, and I've played it for 50 hours. Like, it's all I played in the past week, and I like it, and I'm going to play the first season, and then I might not ever play it again. So I, it's got me for the next three months on and off, and then that's probably it. And I think I just was hyped for the launch. And also, you can't get into Helldivers. I haven't played Helldivers yet. Like, it came out at a terrible time for me. I was doing a bunch of different reviews. I was reviewing Pacific Drive, Inclinati, Banishers. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Ultros. A ton of games at one time I was reviewing. Probably the most I'll review at one time this year. Sorcerer 07. I feel like a lot of people played the beginning of Skull and Bones that didn't like it. Okay. Because the beginning is bad. Troll Troll, I'm sorry you don't have dreams about being a boat. I get to live my dreams. I hope you do too. Trill probably just dreams of being a car. They were asking me if if I also have the wrong opinion about Suicide Squad. Is that that it it has a good foundation or? <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They don't appreciate a lot of not all of them, but a lot of them don't appreciate my thoughts on the game. They think. Oh it's, yeah, no, it's I don't have. I don't have that opinion. I think that um, they should have doubled. I was telling them that they should have doubled down on the games as a service and making that good, not going the way of Anthem, which it inevitably will. 
because it's so hard to make that type of game. Like, you can't make that type of game. And we're going to do our, our signature story. Yeah, okay, Bioware. Like, you can't do that. Like, you have to make your games as a service good, and that takes every ounce of effort that you can possibly put in to make your game not suck if you're doing that type of game. And they were like, no, we can do that and make it like Arkham. And it's like, no, you can't. Everybody's already going to hate you because it's not Arkham. Just make it a good looter shooter. And uh, they didn't double down on that, unfortunately. I got everybody talking about Skull Bones and Suicide Squad. <laughs> Way to get on the wrong topic, dude. No, it's fine. <clears throat> well, that's why we need these exclusives, Lono, to save us from Suicide Squad and Skull and Bones. Rebirth is around the corner. Too bad I haven't played Remake yet. Dude, can you imagine if Infinite Wealth was an exclusive? That would have sucked. Like, that would have made this year just so much more rough for for the non-PlayStation gamers. I guess I'll repost that. Yep, yep, yep. For all 400 of my Twitter followers, I'll repost it for you, Reforge. You never know, dude. One of those guys that follows you has a bigger following, likes it, retweets it. You know? You run in... You, you guys... Run in, can, you guys you, what's that? You guys can all follow me, though, at Warmer Gray for the worst takes. Yes. I give I give Lono a hard time sometimes online. It's funny. He's like, I have better things to do than to <laughs> respond to your pedantic tweets. All right, links are in the chat. Links are in the Discord, guys. Head on over. This is a thing we like to do on Mondays as a second segment. Get more voices on the channel. Get more content. So we are going to redirect. Make sure when we get over there, you guys smash that like button, okay? I'm going to turn the music down just a touch. I like to have it a little bit quieter for podcast. I'm going to be quiet for like a second, and then I'm going to start the new one. <clears throat> Actually, I have to re- refresh here. Give me a second. I might turn my mic volume up a little bit. I didn't realize until I watched us back last time. No, it was the Banishers one, actually, that my mic was way lower than yours. Well, I can but adjust yeah. it, too, on my end to make sure you're not falling okay. too low. I, turn, I turned it up 10, so. Okay, here we go. Thanks so much for checking out a weekly segment where I sit down with Kirk. And today, we're not taking on a game or review. We're asking the question, are exclusive games, console exclusives, are they anti-consumer? Are they bad? This is a growing sentiment. This conversation seems to come back up every now and again, but really getting traction with the current move and the rapid announcement to have four Xbox games landing on rival consoles. If you missed that last week, we covered it. Kirk and I didn't necessarily want to retread that, but as I saw the exclusive conversation taking place, I thought this would be good for us to knock it around. We've even got some tweets I'm going to want to read to you guys. I'm going to end the previous stream and redirect people over where I talked about, was I wrong about